Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. There have been 530 punts in the history of the Super Bowl, and there's never been one return for a touchdown. What's the odds on that? It's a fumble, and it's a recovery by Kansas City. This is Durden Sprague. Jawan Jennings, 17 of his 25 catches is Moody. Extra point. Oh, my goodness. No. It is blocked. How big is that now? A three-point game. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brandon Sprague. McKinnon is in at running back. First down and goal to go. Play action fake. Right side throw. Touchdown! Kansas City! McCall Hardman! McCall Hardman with the catch on the right side! A three-yard touchdown pass in overtime! Kansas City wins the game! 25 22. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. The fan. All right. 602 in the Rose City. Time for Dirt and Sprague on Portland's sports leader. 1080. The fan. Happy Monday, everybody. How we doing? How we feeling? The question is, how are you doing? How are you feeling? I, I did a check-in pre-game that you responded to i think in halftime yeah and then i did not have the heart to check in on you last night i i wanted to but i'm like nope i just no let me tell you a couple things real quick because other than winning my bets and not uh having to wear the caddy uniform i really i just couldn't root for the 49ers it's not like i'm part of chiefs nation i get it i was just rooting for the bets and and Watching Niner fans suffer, sorry. But 20, 30 years of your life devoted to that rivalry. 40 years of it. Okay, I, I, but I get it. I understand it. I don't hold yeah. animosity at you. I also had already accepted the fact that I was caddying. I didn't tweet out our picks. I didn't know what to do with his situation. Uh, so I didn't tweet. I just I was going to give it to you. I'm I'm the caddy. And you ended up beating me anyway. But I, Yeah. I At least I feel like, okay, I got those three. Yeah, you earned There's it. There's no questions left. Uh, I'm feeling a wide range of emotions right now. I'll, I'll be really honest with you. I had about five minutes where I hated my co-host. So I'm glad while he's out now. What a great show I get to do talking about my team losing the Super Bowl for three hours. Uh, and I want to say thank you, actually. So I, 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 I threw my phone. I, I was not on my phone. I didn't care about a live tweet. Who cares? Yeah. Texting people beforehand, whatever. I did not have my phone. I saw your text. It was just a general welfare check of okay. Are you like? Are you gone before this thing kicks off, or are you like in the moment? I wasn't well. I I woke up. I felt kind of good. I'm like, you know what? Everybody and their mom today thinks Kansas City's going to win. We've got a good team. And then as the day goes on, 
I start wearing my Steve Young jersey. I'm making my ribs. Everything's coming out fantastic. I just, I don't know. Something hit me of just like, oh, no, we have to beat that guy to win. So I hid my phone away, and I didn't have it till halftime. I see all these texts. I see your text. I'm like, okay, you know, I don't want to be a jerk completely. So <laughs> I'll just be honest with what I'm doing. I'm not feeling great is yeah. where I was. Halftime was even worse. And I just want to say thank you because, look, we'll get into everything about yesterday. Everything. I I don't begrudge anybody. Nobody said anything, like, overly mean or anything. But I find it very odd that when you know a fan of a losing Super Bowl team or pivotal moment where a team is losing in the game in real time, I find it odd that you have the instincts to want to text anybody. No. And that's where I say thank you because I have people that work here and all throughout my life that I still have not opened those texts. I've seen some of them, but I haven't opened yeah. or responded. Why would you text me? How do you think I'm feeling? My team lost in the GD Super Bowl. And had multiple opportunities to put it away. Kick a ball off your foot on a punt, why don't you? Yeah. Block extra point, why don't you? Go to overtime and have to settle for a field goal, why don't you? How do you think I'm feeling? <laughs> I didn't have to ask at that point. But I have like 15 texts. I'm like, what do you think? What, I'm what, No, just don't. I have a group chat of guys that don't even watch football. Like, hey, B, how do you, what do you think happened there? Yeah, you got. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm not responding. In fact, I might just mass delete my texts and never respond to any of them. How I'm feeling. My team lost. Yeah. Those are people that have never really experienced success in fandom they've never seen their team truly and if they have it's like lightning in a bottle it's happened one time in their whole life and this is my point i said this weeks ago swag you were out i said sometimes it sounds dumb but liking a team that's consistently really good can be harder than liking a team that's consistently bad right like you're in a you're in a bad place when your team's always bad. Like Mariner fans. Yeah. Well, that's what I I yeah. said. Yankee fan. I bet you it's worse to feel like a Yankee fan most years than Mariner fan. Exactly. Because Mariner fans used to their team sucking and not being relevant. So, and then when it does happen, you're just you're on a ride. Yankee. And you hope yes. it goes as long as it can go. Yeah. The big dumper hit a home run. Yeah. Oh, what a day for us. The Yankees haven't won a World Series since '09. How happy you think they are right now? Exactly. So. You know, it's a lot of a range it of emotions. It drove me away from being a Cowboys fan. After I, You can't take it. It's like, quit selling me a bill of goods. Yes. Quit telling me this is the year. Dak's the guy. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no, it's not. You're just lying to me. Oh. So, for the first time maybe in my life, I had about a 20-minute moment of absolute dread doing my job today. <laughs> can't wait to You were here there earlier and do it. than you thought. I thought it was going to be... 5.55 at you drove Oh, you thought I was going to wait? I was, yeah, it was going to be all you could do to get your butt up and, and get in here and face the music. Well, I care a lot about the show. And I know that you do. This show especially, like, this is a fun show for us. We, we got a treat. It's the biggest game of the year. It's the last game yeah. of the year. Yes, my team lost it, but 
I'm well, still we, we got a great one. I yeah. mean, it's a classic. It's it's up there, probably in the top five all time. I had people telling me that this game at halftime, they're like, "This is gonna be the this is gonna be the worst Super Bowl of all time. This game is worse than Patriots Rams." And I said, "I don't know. I know the score wasn't great, but I had a different feel on that game as I, halftime. I mean, the defenses were elite, really, really good. Bad, timely." turnovers by offenses both of them oh yeah you had fumbles by both running backs but they both defenses were making life difficult for the quarterbacks yep and other than a few early big runs from McCaffrey Kansas City made adjustments and and started to bottle him up which drove Shanahan away from running him which I couldn't believe happened in the second half I want to yeah I mean we're going to go over all of this Shanahan play calling Overtime decisions. Overtime decisions on coin tosses. But then and... there's just some freak stuff. I mean, the muffed punt, it, it hits off the back of a leg of the guy. McLeod made a great reaction to recognize it, hit his player, and try to grab it. Yeah, I, I thought McLeod was doing the let the ball go, and then I'm going to scoop it up and surprise them play. I didn't no, see he it recognized, foot. yeah, and hit a teammate, and he tried to get on it. That was I just That's a freakish play. The blocked extra punt or the block extra point after Moody hits two. You were worried about your kicker. He drills two from over 50. 53 and 50. He set the record for about 10 minutes, and I'm like, oh, my God. Well, yeah, then this Bucker kid. hit one from a 57, deep, 57, yeah. and then he line drives one right into the line. Which I'm like, yeah, you know, that sums up the rookie experience. <laughs> he had some really big kicks, and nobody gave him enough credit, and then he'd randomly have that kind of moment. You go, what What are you doing? Why did you kick the foot with your ankle bone? What? <laughs> Why did you do that? Damn it. So yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a lot here. San Francisco side. But they pulled out the they pulled out the trick play right at the great time to score they the did. first touchdown. And Juwan like, Jennings was plus thirty thousand to win MVP of that game. If they win, I, I, he's the MVP, he's isn't MVP. he? MVP. Threw one, caught one. It's somebody. Yeah, first one since especially Nick if you would have caught a touchdown in overtime or something like that. Well, then it would have been he damn near did except I nobody know. blocked you know the second best defensive tackle in football in the last like 25 spags, years spags was spags again spags was great i'll get to spags today i just um it's gonna be a wide ranging of emotions for me i'll be up i'll be down but i'll be honest about all of it i, I will yep. be honest today as hard as some of that will be and a lot of this is kansas city i mean just straight up you went from Brady Patriots. I remember Dirt coming in. I think it was the year the Patriots. It was either the comeback against the Falcons or one of their other ones where Dirt came in. We were ready to do the show. And he's like, dude, I'm just paraphrasing here, but he's like, I'm just so tired of this every year. And for all the other people out there that echoed the same feelings and sentiment, I say, ha, 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 buckle up because we got handed we go, 20-year run from that team. You've been handed another 20-year run by another team. Back to back. Yeah, we'll see how long they can. I don't know if I don't know if Reed's got 15 years more coaching in him. He's already what 66. He's 65. So he's at least got. He's at least in the five to eight year range. Yeah, I would. but but the crazy thing, Swag, is like it was 20 years to get to six for Patriots, r roughly. They're at three, and it's been six years. Yeah, there was a. It was 19 years since they did the back-to-back -back thing. There was a gap, though, in there for a while. They had a little bit of a run there where, like, the Broncos came out with yeah. Manning and company. They were really good. Like, they had some 
well, down years. They went to a conference well, the, title game every year. There was year. a gap where they weren't getting to the Super Bowl, I guess. And then they lost two. Yep. And so you add that those two losses plus the gap of not getting there, and it felt like they took almost a decade yeah. off from winning it, even though every year they were in it. I, I, I see no reason to be throwing out today why the rest of the NFL, yesterday's bad and heartbreaking for San Francisco, for the fans, for the franchise. I also took away, and some of why I got so down and sad, I also don't know why the rest of the NFL didn't have the same reaction as Niner fan. I'm not telling you should have been rooting for my team. Certainly understand everybody hating the Niners. But I don't know how your takeaway yesterday isn't, oh, dear, yeah. that's their down year. This isn't going to change much. I Can yeah. somebody rise up? to to meet their level that's the question i mean burrow can't stay healthy allen and the bills have this weird clunky thing happening and lamar and the ravens seemingly turtle into a different team in the playoffs like those are your top three candidates to do it and i don't know maybe herbert and harbaugh can save our lives but i and they're the chargers no offense so i don't know if i trust anything till i see it no you got to see what uh harbaugh give harbaugh maybe not this give him two years second year i'd like to see if he can reshape the roster they got some serious salary cap issues they got to work through. Uh, yeah, they do. I also, I, I just, I'm kind of done believing the cap is a real thing. I know that sounds stupid, and I understand anybody that texts or send, sends in the message, but it feels like you can cut these guys anytime, get rid of this cap, even the dead cap number. Are you going to take? Yeah, I, I watch all these teams navigate. It depends their cap. on how well he can jump in and draft right away. Yeah, you I would, mean that's the underrated part, and that's yeah. that's a big part of this chief story. I want to talk about that today. Because I saw this on Friday after the show, and I'm just like, yeah, that it actually makes sense. They didn't just do this because of one player. He does change everything, but they also did other things that nobody gives him credit for. So we'll talk about that. I, I Send in anything you want. I'm bad at gambling. Uh, my team lost. I'm the ultimate loser. To, whatever. I'm miserable. So, like, you can't make me any more miserable. This is going to be a loaded show. There's a lot to talk about. I might pull an usher and take my shirt off. I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see. I'm probably going to black out at some point. But let's get it going. Do the last hour on roller skates? Yeah, maybe we roller skate. (laughs) I just roller skate, and I'm just like, That's when when it got good. I got Lil John out there. I got Ludacris. I got Alicia Keys. Now I was going. The first five minutes of that, I couldn't figure it out. Ludacris dressed as Ben Stiller's character from Dodgeball with the shoulder pads was fantastic. So we'll get to all of it. Thank you for hanging with us this Monday. Let's all share our thoughts and our feelings. I'm devastated. I'm depressed. But we have a radio program. We have a lot to talk about. Dirt and Sprague. Let's get it going on the fan. Well, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs win their third Super Bowl. With the Patrick Mahomes-led run here, three and six. In his first six seasons as a starter, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have won their third Super Bowl, beating the Niners yesterday in overtime, 25-22. to 22. Are, So you're with me. It sounds like you're with me here. I, I know they got really close to the over. I think the over actually ended at 46.5 on some books or 47. Oh, see, I thought it kept going down i didn't get to 44 somewhere or maybe maybe you saw that maybe you're right i Um, thought i saw 46 and a half so either it hit the over for some i on friday had it at 47 and a half Uh, so it got right at that number yeah despite the final and i know it's not a high scoring affair 
Uh, I had some people texting me at halftime. This game sucks. This game's terrible. You sounds like you're with me. You thought this game from start to finish was pretty good. Yeah, I thought it was a great chess match. That's kind of how I viewed it too. That you could say the Patriot Rams Super Bowl because I went on air and I famously bagged that game. I was like, that was the worst Super Bowl and most boring game I've ever watched. Because I, mean, I felt differently about that matchup. It was hard to complete passes. There weren't a lot of guys open, especially early in the game. I thought both teams were tight coverage and yep. bringing pressure. And uh, San Francisco was able to get there with four early in the game and, and make Patrick Mahomes uncomfortable. And eventually they made some adjustments to figure out how to give him a little more time. They felt like... The beginning of that game, to me, it wasn't quite as um, obvious, but I felt like it was a little Tampa bay the way that they were getting to him and applying the pressure yep. with four. They forced – well, and then they got – they he hit the one big pass, and then they fumbled it on the next play. Yeah, Pacheco fumbled. Yeah. I mean, the opening possession – I mean, man, what a script. Shanahan has it dialed. They're driving down the field. They get to the 29-yard line of the Chiefs. Who of all, yeah. And a guy that doesn't, doesn't fumble, fumble, freaking fumble. fumbled. Yeah. And I, that to me was my first. Like, there were a million of them, it felt like. But that was my very first, like, oh, boy. Is it not going to be our night? Oh, no. Like, I was freaking out over everything. But then they hit the double pass for a tutty. Yeah. And what I'm wondering what you're thinking then. It's like 10-zip. Yeah, and I didn't. And the Chiefs haven't figured much out yet. Yes, uh, I felt good. I wasn't sitting in, oh, I'm feeling great. Like, here's the thing. Let me get this out of the way now because I didn't know where to put this in the show. And that's I okay. We got to do the therapy session first, I think. <laughs> well, I think that's more important so you can. I think talking about it's kind of my therapy. No, I, I think for three hours, but we'll, yeah. Singling me out of my emotions. I don't know if I could put it into words, nor words that are appropriate for the FCC. <laughs> um I, I just I want to say from the start here, I know we're going to get to Shanahan at some point. We'll talk about the big game, you know, the big game whoops that he has a little bit here with the Super Bowl and whatnot. What I find kind of weird is in what world am I living in in any football game, no matter if it's Super Bowl or Week 8? What world am I living in where a 10-point lead in the second quarter is like some massive double-digit insurmountable comeback with Patrick Mahomes yeah. as the one that's down. So, like, I get the stat looks good to tweet. It looks good to say, especially if you're anti-Shanahan or you think he's never going to win it, which, man, I never think the internet's dumb. And then I Google certain things, and I see what people are actually sending out. Oh, I did not get on social media. Holy crap, was it a just a dumb cesspool. But a 10-point lead in the second quarter with Patrick Mahomes as the guy down 10 has never at any one point in the last five years been some crazy lead. So, no. yeah, it looks good to tweet out, Shanahan's blown three double, which, by the way, always gets credit for the the Falcon loss despite not being the head coach. But still, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> three double-digit leads in the Super Bowl. Oh, you mean the 10-point lead in the first half? Yeah. Come on, man. Ten in the last Super Bowl with seven, ten left. That's a different deal. I still don't think that's insurmountable, but yeah, that's a slightly different deal. You should be able to use clock and get one more score. They did, and they lost. Yesterday is not the same as the others to me. That wasn't. I wasn't sitting like, I can't believe they blew a 10-point lead. 
it's the NFL and the other team has the best quarterback maybe to exist, I'm not I'm not losing my mind because they blew a 10-point lead in the second quarter. I think that's kind of dumb talking points, to be honest with you. I think people who echo it today is if it's some reigning point that they're trying to make. They're either doing it just because of their argument or they're doing it because they haven't watched football in the last six to seven years. Ten points is nothing. That being said, my God, what adjustments for Kansas City. Yeah. From what I thought that game was in the beginning and how it looked to what it ended up being, I mean, it's it's so cliche and corny, but like it's just to simply put, it's greatness. It's it's championship, I don't know, being. It's just they knew what to do and when to do it and how to do it and how to execute it. And the Niners have been close, and they've been there, some of them. They haven't. They haven't punched through yet. Yeah. And I thought what you saw in a lot of that game was the team comfortable in the uncomfortable and the other team hoping to keep building on it and not able to. And I think I think a big factor was Greenlaw going out because that's a guy that can cover Kelsey. Oh, underrated part of that game was for sure. I mean, and all the ways for that guy to go out. Yeah, the the punt and he's. He just celebrating and running, he jumps and then runs to go yeah. on the field, and then pop goes the Achilles. And that Burks, uh, Burks, the backup for him, he was okay, but like no, they Green, exposed Greenlaw's, him. Yeah, Greenlaw special. Greenlaw he, had he some massive Warner. plays to start that game. Yep, he was all over and the he field. Was, he was somebody that you could, you were comfortable linebacker being on Kelsey. Yeah, that even if he caught the ball, he could get him on the ground right away. Yeah, and not let him take off or run through, you know, a couple of safeties. Where it was like if they caught Kelsey with Burks on him. There seemed to be a little yeah. more space, and he could operate a little more cleanly and and find his way to the edge to get a couple yards. Because I mean, they 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 shut him down in the first half. Kelsey didn't do anything in the first nope. half. He had ten targets in the whole game. He caught nine passes, and almost all of I think eight of the nine were in the second I half. I think so. He had one or maybe he had one for one yard in the yeah. first half. It was like a quick tight end screen, yeah. and the Niners snuffed it out. And that was the other thing is the defense for San Francisco, which had gotten shredded by Green Bay and Detroit. They were ready for what Kansas City had, but Kansas City made necessary adjustments throughout the second half and kind of hit them where it it hurt. And I'm with you. I think the Greenlaw thing was a huge knock for their defense, but they still had opportunities, and they let it slip through their fingers. They just could not come up. There was multiple times I remember watching this game pacing, and my wife is, like, feeding off of Miners. My wife's not a football fan. No. But she's got Niner gear because, you know, yes. she's married to me. So she's wearing her Niner gear, and she's, like, her half her face is in her sweatshirt the whole second half because I'm pacing and reacting to every play. It's October baseball, and it's the World Series on every pitch. And there were, I can't count how many times it felt like in my mind, and I said out loud, just need to stop. Just get the ball. Just need to stop. And she learned what I've known uh, for six years. It's pretty it's, damn hard and feels impossible to do that to number 15. Yep. And then, you know, he hadn't really scrambled much the whole game. And then when they need to make first downs, there you go. Sucked Bosa in twice and went right around him. That that last one he had for like 15 that got him near the goal line when they ended up getting Hardman for the tutty. I, I just I've seen that play four times already, and I still can't understand how Warner didn't hit him sooner. And then he had that one scramble where he got on the edge, 
Remember, he picked yeah. it up. There were three Niners around it. I'm just yep. like, how are none of you guys like landing on him? Like, why is nobody <laughs> lighting this dude up? This is your only. It's one of your only chances to actually get a quarterback is when they're exactly. out running. They're out running, and he's not. And he's upright. He's yeah. Not, he's not the best slider. Well, but he also wasn't going to slide because well, he, he had to the get first. the first down. Yeah. It's like yeah. You get a you get a you get a shot at This him. is your moment and all You'll three take of you. the fifteen. Oh my god. <laughs> Kansas City fan. I I'm so jealous of you. Not not just because you won a Super Bowl, but because of where everything stands. And you get to watch that guy every Sunday. And you get and it he's every in your team's colors. I mean, he's dominating his division, he's dominating yeah. the NFL, and no matter what your weakness, hey, don't worry, we got the guy who can put a cape on and make every great play. He was their leading rusher. Yeah. Who had that as the prop bet? The leading rusher of the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. Some of you might have, but for 66 yards on nine carries? I did hit Pacheco getting receiving yards. Oh, did you? Yeah. I, uh, I didn't, I gotta be honest with you. I didn't dabble much. I, 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 it's hard to dabble when it's your team. Yeah. Cause I didn't want to do like one an, prop bet on the Chiefs. No, if you want to, if you want to, you know, you're just betting on your team or, you know, your guy or whatever. But no, you can't, you, it's hard enough to watch it. Now, if you're start losing actual money and your team's losing, it's just, you're, you're going to dark places. Doesn't it just make it so much worse? <laughs> you're like, oh, it might not even be that much money, but <laughs> yeah, you're I like, know. and on top of it, I, I won $9, but it was a bad $9 win. Uh, let's dive in some more on this one. So we had an overtime game in this. I had forgotten very quickly that that Pats Falcons game went to OT. I yes. just, I don't know why. Yeah. So when it went to OT, I remember screaming, Hey, first overtime Super Bowl, And then Quickly, Nance was like, no, and no. the second one, second first one. since yeah. the Patriots fell. And well, yeah, that's right. They yeah, they had to finish the comeback in that's right. extra time. James White into the end zone in the first possession because they didn't have the overtime rules that we have now. Yes, thanks to Patrick Mahomes with 13 seconds. Uh, yes, I, I would more say thanks to the internet and Josh Allen uh, <laughs> with 13 seconds. The overtime rule had to be changed. And so uh, we'll talk about that aspect of the game, dive some more into what we saw from the Nexus and O's standpoint. Dirt and Sprague back with more. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, welcome back in. Dirt and Sprague with you on Portland Sports Leader. 1080 The Fan. Good morning. Happy Monday to everybody out there. Congratulations to the Chiefs fans. I do. I truly do mean it. I might be a Niner fan who's uh, internally died a little bit and devastated, but I... When you watch greatness happen in moments where you don't think greatness will happen, uh, and it's not to say that I I doubted Mahomes. I certainly thought he would be Mahomes. It's just every metric. If, if analytics gets bagged in moments, and I think both things can be true. I think football can have a feel to it where it, it kind of outweighs analytics, but analytics is still everything. It's been driving football for 40 years. It's just at the forefront now. All the analytics said this was not the year for them to do that, and they did it. We went to overtime last night, Swigard. It was uh, 10 to nothing at one point. The Niners had the lead, 10-3 at half. Uh, interception to open the half. And this, to me, this... Uh, I don't know how I'd power rank. I don't know if I want to power rank, because all random events or events that happen, uh, you know, kind of all put together the equation that is the game. But I kind of thought, Swigard, the opening possession of the second half, third play, Mahomes throws the pick, and San Francisco gets the ball on the plus side of the field. Yep. I thought, oh, my God, if they can score here and go up 17-3, you're not thinking game over, but you are like, okay. Okay, you're in control now. That you are, yeah, because at that point they have dominated Kansas City. Three plays, three and out, backwards punt. And and I, I remember thinking in the moment, that that's it. I in fact I told my wife, I said, if you don't capitalize on these turnovers, you can't keep giving Mahomes chances no. like that to to get back into the game or to tie it up no. and expect him not to figure out how to convert them. And part of the equation, which I, I will get to the coaching part of this too, because I know a lot of people are talking about Shanahan today, but uh that penalty kills the drive, and you saw Shanahan, he put, put the play cover sheet over his mouth, and you know he was in that headset, like, screaming and cursing. Yeah, I didn't, uh, and that was something you'd speak to more than, I, I don't remember the 49ers being a heavy, heavily penalized team during the year. That's I'll go seen- look at where they ranked, but they, they have random moments like that where they get into that, and I'm like, what what's happening right now? Yeah. Maybe you blame coaching on that. Maybe you blame nerves. I don't know, but they had some really bad time Especially penalties. Especially Trent Williams, of all people. I mean, don't, yeah. Well, we'll get into the, yeah. God, Sorry. There's so much to get into today. But the game goes to overtime. So the coin flip. Yes. San Francisco wins. Tails never fails. It failed on the first flip. Didn't fail didn't on fail the second Didn't fail on the overtime one. flip. So I still, I still well, subscribe. The, the first time it was the honorary guest there that flipped the coin. But That's the right, ref, the coach from the Hawaii high school team. Yeah, yeah. La, uh, La, Heine, La Heine Lunas. The Lunas, that which, was a good little story. Which was awesome, yeah. by the way. I was happy they that they recognized them. They did that. They win the toss. They elect to receive. Now, remember, the new overtime rules is both teams Get guarantee the ball the no matter what. Yes. This goes back to the Josh Allen Mahomes 13-second game. Bills blow the lead. Uh Chiefs go to overtime, Chiefs score, game over. Allen never touches the ball in OT. The internet loses their mind. The NFL reads the internet, and I always give them credit for this. They read the internet. They pay attention to their fans. And they said, we got to change this. we got to make sure both great quarterbacks can get the ball. Niners choose to receive. 
Yeah. And this was very controversial to many because why would you do that? Wouldn't you want to know what you need to do to have the information? Shanahan actually talked about this because he was asked, why did you take the ball to start overtime? This was his thinking. This is something we talked about. With None of us have a ton of experience of it, but we went through all the analytics and talked with those guys, and we just thought it'd be better. We wanted the ball third. But both teams matched and scored. We wanted to be the ones who had the chance to go win and got that field goal, so we knew we had to hold them to at least to a field goal. And if we did, then we felt it was in our hands after that. So where were you on this? Was this a controversial thing in your mind, or was it it's like, okay, not, I get it? It's not as controversial as others are making it out. There's some people that are crucifying Shanahan for it, and I, I don't. I mean, yeah, at least he said, hey, no, this was a discussion. It's a new overtime rule, and they took time out at some point to gather in the analytics guys as other coaches. How do we want to handle this if this comes up? So let's give credit there where they're not winging it. Um, it's like, no, we had a discussion about it. What are the numbers? How does this work out? What's likely to happen? Uh, and I think they said you know, kind of had a sense of there's a good chance that both teams will do the same thing on a possession, whether it's field goals, whether it's touchdowns, whether it's not scoring, but there's a good chance that it's still tied after both teams have a possession. So do you want it first? Because then if you don't, if you don't tie it up or you don't win it, if you have, have the ball second, now you're really behind. Yeah. And, and so it's, you can disagree with his line of thinking, but let's not crucify the guy. It's it's you're the first ones doing it. You don't know how necessarily it's going to go. He was uh, the Niners, by the way. I looked it up. 18th in the NFL in penalties per game. So they were in the middle. They're at the middle. So there weren't yeah. a ton of them. They just seemed to come at the most inopportune times. I'll, I will get into that with some of the play calling and the Shanahan choked again stuff uh, that's that's on the internet. Yeah, I I didn't think this was some big thing. I mean, I, I, it was curious. Yeah, but like the other side is like, well, you you but kick still, because took, you want the information. It took a great defensive play on third down in the red zone by the Chiefs to force them to kick the field goal. I they would, were driving. I would also argue you just you take the analytic analytics out of it. I just watched the Niners defense get gashed for almost the length of the field and they gave up that field goal. We're going to trot that group right out as soon as we win the toss. Like, he's using analytics, and that's fine. He's, the thinking is, look, it's information or it's last yeah. possession. It's the one of two ways you can view it. You can certainly say today, as somebody not making the choice, I want the information. I'm always kicking. Okay, and then I give you the game information. Let's take analytics out of it, because if he's saying the analytics say, take the ball, and Andy Reid said this. He was asked about it. Chiefs players were uh, – they couldn't believe that the Niners decided to receive. Andy Reid was asked, hey, what did you think of Shanahan? And he said, I'm not going to question what Kyle Shanahan decides to do. That's what I'm not going to do. So if you think the Niners and their analytic team is, you know, near the top or one that you respect, okay, so you, you're arguing against their analytics. Let's just take the football part of it and not have analytics involved. Their defense just was on the field and got shredded. So you not want to give them up. I just I didn't think it was that controversial. Everybody's like making a big deal. They lost the game. What an idiot. Okay, all right. That's easy for us to say when we're full of chicken and ribs and we're watching from our couch. He said his analytics team evaluated it. They want the first possession. Then they see what you know yeah. the Chiefs can do, match or you know whatever. Their their unfortunate undoing was they didn't get a, they couldn't get a touchdown. Yeah, that's 
all you can ask of your coaching staff is to be thorough and address every aspect, potential aspect of a game. They did that. They ran numbers. They went, looked at their system, how they want to do it, went back and forth. It wasn't just one guy, you know, deciding it. It didn't work out, but I don't think you crucify the guy for that decision. The couple of things I, I thought Kansas City did really well in the second half and in the overtime period that I just, I'm losing my mind as a 49er fan in that moment. They targeted Kelsey in the big spot. There was a, uh, I'll have to go back and see. I had it just a second ago. There was a moment, I think it was that final drive. Yeah, it was the game-tying final drive. And it was third and seven. Here it is. Uh, yeah, third and seven. They're at the San Francisco 33. There's 16 seconds left. So they're already in field goal range. Butker is amazing. Yeah. And Travis Kelsey, Warner's kind of playing him to go in. And Kelsey, like, freezes him for a second. on, And not even, like, the greatest move of Kelsey's career, but just a slight little, uh, and then jots in. I just don't know how Wilkes... And I listened to a couple things already this morning from yeah, smart NFL where's people. Where's this outside safety help? Yeah, how do you how do you not just say they're going Kelsey on third and seven? Yeah, when they we're need double a first. teaming them, or we're providing help or something. And they get Kelsey. He goes down the sidelines to yards, the twelve or to, whatever to the eleven yeah. yard line. They end up getting a Butker field goal, push the game to overtime. The fourth and one. I'm like, they do a fake to Pacheco, and I'm I'm screaming, nobody. They're not giving Isaiah Pacheco the football on fourth and one in minus territory with the game and the Super Bowl on the line. And somehow... Boasts a bit on it twice. I oh, just like watching this, and you're watching greatness with Mahomes and Reed, and you're, but you're still like, how do you not just tell Fred Warner, hey, it's going to be Patrick Mahomes who has the ball and dictating it here, not Isaiah Pacheco. And they fell for it. And he went and scrambled and he got a like a 12-yard gain or whatever it was on fourth and one. Those were the moments. Those were the plays. Decisions on coin tosses in the overtime, you certainly can have the opinion that you should kick. And that, okay. But when you're addressing it from an analytics standpoint, from a pro NFL team, I'm going to trust the analytics team there. And one of the more successful franchises in the NFC in the last five years. And their defense had just been on the field and got shredded. I, did, I didn't think that lost him the game. Of all the things you want to point to to lost the game, no. I damn sure didn't think it was the decision of a coin toss in the overtime. Uh, it was funny to listen to the post-game swag. Niners players, you check, said they didn't even know the new overtime rules. They found out by looking at Allegiant scoreboard. And Kansas City had actually, I mean, they were the team that, yeah. you know, was kind of a part of the changing of the rule. They were well aware of what the overtime rules were. So, you know, how big a deal is that? I don't know because ultimately you still got to go out there and execute and perform and play, but... I thought that coin toss decision was being way over. People yeah. were way over dramatic on that. Way, yeah. yeah, way overblown in my opinion. Uh, we'll get to the greatness that is Patrick Mahomes, Kyle Shanahan losing the big one. We got some of the audio to get to uh, in the post game. Dirt and Sprague back with more on 1080 The Fan. Uh, the SpongeBob broadcast with Noah Eagle and Nate Burleson was available for kids on Nickelodeon. I didn't uh, didn't sample from that. So, Spongebob and Patrick. Patrick, hey, Spongebob. 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 Uh, on the broadcast. I didn't tune into any of that. I did see a fun stat. I know people um, 
Not everybody's big fans of the old T-Swizzle being on the broadcast by cheering on her boyfriend for five seconds. It really bothers some. I actually thought CBS restrained themselves as much as they could. How many times did do you remember them go? I feel like I counted uh, not a five. lot early. I think more late as with the comeback. Was comeback and Kelsey started making plays. Yeah, yeah. Anytime Kelsey makes a big play, how do you not pan there for yeah. a quick second? Um, I did see a fun stat before on Saturday that said because of Taylor Swift. They have a 53% increase of girls 12 to yeah. 17 watching football. Anybody that says this isn't good for the NFL is not paying attention or just has a bone to pick. Yeah. I, you're questioning your own, I don't know what, but yes, to say this isn't good for the NFL is stupid. <laughs> I have two daughters. If if I can get any, if I can get even one of them into yeah. football, I'll be happy. And so if like that's going to lead to more participation God, at this point, I'm rooting for him to get married. Just keep up. <laughs> you know, the NFL, is there a bigger... I'll give you this. Is there a friend or family member rooting more for them to get married than the NFL? I don't think there is. I don't think so. I bet you her side's like, well, we're a billion-dollar entity, and is there going to be a prenup here? And the other side's like, country music star? Really? That's that's going to be your type? The pop princess? Really? And I think the NFL's like, hey, I think you guys are great. I think you guys should just, let's elope. We're in Vegas. Let's just go to the little chapel. Well, I would say the last few post games and stuff, they, they, I think there's something there. I don't know if it's just the Hollywood and we're having fun riding everything or I, I don't know. Yeah, but, but to her credit, she's not, she's giving him a kiss and a hug yeah, and I know. getting out of the way. There, I think there's something, there's something actual of substance there in terms of a relationship. Who knows? Hollywood stuff. It's all corporate mergers at that point once you're celebrities, but. Yeah, see, so I want to go back to this. A couple texts on the. I'm just curious if he's going to be a roadie this summer for the rest of her tour. That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> I was hoping to hear him say, I'm retiring. I'm, <laughs> I'm the number one podcast in. in That'll be his off season workout, like God. lugging, rigging equipment and giant strobe lights and whatever. Oh, there was. There's certainly a. You know, everybody's doing the Jordan thing, and I think it's easy to do that with a great athlete that continues to win, and I understand it. I comp it more to the the Lakers in the 80s. I just, okay, you have fun. Like, good luck beating them. You will once in a while. You'll have a Cincinnati game, but for a decade, the Lakers got to nine. Yeah. Nine in a decade. They didn't win them all. Sixers got them one year. Boston got them a couple of times. Then Detroit came up at the end and got them, but... But they're there every but year. But they're there every stinking year. I, I comp them more to the 80s Lakers than I would Jordan. And and that's not to say like they're not worthy of the Jordan. I just I think it more comps to it from a success standpoint. A couple notes on the overtime rule. Somebody said on the Vancouver Ford text line uh, on, on uh, deciding to take the ball, except his players are saying he never discussed it with them because they didn't know the rules. So far it's coming out. The players are saying they thought they'd win if they score until the ref explained it and the Jumbotron showed the rule. Uh, another one of our P1s, then why did he Why did he say they could go win with a touchdown? They couldn't. And so that listener's seeing, saying Shanahan might not have known the rule himself. I don't know. Maybe he misspoke. I would believe Kyle Shanahan knew the rule. Did he I explain so. it to his players? Maybe not. But I, I'd also argue, like, does that change what happened? I don't. Coach is making the call on that anyway. But, 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 but what if the player doesn't know a touchdown doesn't end it, but it puts him up seven? I, Does that change that's on anything? The players for that. I mean, how big a deal it was in the offseason and all like you have to not be paying attention to the NFL. Well, you'd be shocked how many players I understand don't pay that, attention but to the NFL. that's not 
I wouldn't put that on the team. I, that's on the players. Well, I you're, guess you're my, a professional. Yeah, I, I guess my attention. My only pushback on those texts is not much. It's you know whatever. Uh, it's just like even if they didn't know and they scored a touchdown, they'd just learn it in the moment. And guess what? They'd still have to keep but, playing. Yeah, I don't think that would change. The only decision if you score a touchdown is do you go for two or not, and really put the pressure on. Uh, another one say, way to choke, Niners. Now we have to hear about Mahomes all offseason. Uh, your boy Fred Warner got burned by Kelsey. Yeah, uh, all-time great tight end, beat a linebacker a couple times. Fred Warner was also Fred Warner was also effing awesome in that game. Yeah, Fred Warner. Uh, Fred Warner might have been the MVP with Juwan Jennings. He might yeah. he was in that conversation. Juwan Jennings they probably up wins the it. running game pretty good until Mahomes started scrambling late. You're also taking away from the fact there that like his counterpart towards Achilles by just yeah. jumping and running on Greenlaw the was the guy that was more apt to be covering Kel. I was more comfortable with him covering Kelsey Warner not so much Warner's the guy you want filling the hole he's directing the defense yeah. and stopping the gaps with the running yeah with the Pacheco run I, just, I thought Fred Warner was awesome in that game Kelsey burned him a couple times sure uh we have a loaded second hour we'll continue on with the Super Bowl I'll take one segment of pausing from the Super Bowl today what do we got? Well, we got, we got NFL note that popped up over the weekend and a college football story that popped up mm. over the weekend. Oh. Uh, I think you know what I'm talking about. I think everybody does. Very odd situation happening in the Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get to that. The greatness of the Chiefs, what this meant, and why 49er fans shouldn't be the only fan base had today. Loaded second hour. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. This is a safe place. A place where we can feel free sharing our feelings. Think of my office as a nest and a tree of trust and understanding. We can say anything. Anything. This is Dirt and Sprague. Deep down, I'm, I'm feeling a little confused. I mean, suddenly you get married and you're supposed to be this entirely different guy. I don't, I don't, I don't feel different. With Andy Dirt Johnson. I have to look over at a certain point during the meal and see a, a waitress taking an order. And, uh, and I find myself wondering uh, what color her underpants might be. Her panties. And Brendan Sprague. Odds are they're probably basic white cotton underpants but I, I started to think maybe they're silk panties maybe maybe it's maybe it's a thong maybe it's something really cool that i don't even know about you know dirt and spray gone 1080 what what i thought we were in the trust tree with in the nest are we not the fan all right welcome back in hour number two dirt and sprague here coffee's gone i need another one Sad and tired, Swigart. Sad and tired. We've got the, the Keurigs working there in the back room. I, I, hot coffee can't, it doesn't do it for me. I need cold iced coffee. We need an iced coffee maker in this uh-huh. in this building. I don't know. Do you need me to run across? I think uh, <laughs> I think our friends across the street are open now. I can get I've, you one. I've done that a couple times, actually, in desperation. I might do it during one of our commercial breaks. I got to see if they got on. Do they? I suppose you could order online and pick it up. I've called him. I've called oh, in okay. an order before. I'm like, hey, I'll be there in five minutes. Right. I'm across the street. Uh, we have a lot to get to in the second hour of the radio program. Uh, a lot to get to. Play calling Shanahan 0 and 2. I want to start, though. I want to be very fair and I want to be very honest uh, as hard as it is because my team lost the Super Bowl again. Three losses now since 2012. <clears throat> Not easy. And uh, the Chiefs' greatness is really on full display uh, yesterday in this one. Goes to overtime, a little bit of a low-scoring affair. And uh, the Chiefs win. And I don't, I don't know how many people are aware of this. Maybe a lot of you are because, well, I mean, look, football is kind of our religion in the country. I'm sure we'll get the numbers and it'll say 125 million people watch this game now with the Oh, it should bomb. be the most all-time. Easily. 
I don't know. I don't know ratings wise, but in terms of number of viewers, yeah, it has to be when Between you add the Taylor Swifties, Swift yes. and an overtime game, yes. and the 49ers, Come on, yeah, I, I just yeah, you got two blue bloods here. You got the Swifty thing, the greatness, the. Are they going to finally break through thing? It was a great storyline Super Bowl, even though a lot of people hated the matchup uh, because we wanted Lions-Ravens. It still ended up being a great game. It goes down to overtime. And I don't know if if people are aware of this. I was aware of it, and I, I think I forgot to mention it on Friday's show. But I wanted to make sure to bring back Monday in case they won, and they did. Did you know, Swigard? that's the hardest Super Bowl title ever won by a team in NFL history? Did you know that? Uh, in terms of the the route they had to take, and, and they beat two number one seeds. They both beat two number, number one, one seeds. That has Buffalo at Buffalo, and they went on the road twice. According to DVOA, which you know, I know there's so many analytics out there, and some of you roll your eyes at it, and that's fine. DVOA is a heavily used metric created by Aaron Schatz years ago uh, on outsider on Football Outsiders. According to DVOA, the Chiefs had to take down the hardest DVOA teams ever in a journey to the Super Bowl. Also, on the opposite side of that, San Francisco, by losing, San Francisco has two in the two Shanahan losses, two of the top three best teams to not win the Super Bowl in measured DVOA. Can you guess the the number one team? Ooh, the number one team. The best team to ever not win a Super Bowl. Ooh. Once you get it, it's going to be like, oh, yeah, of course. I'm trying to remember what was a uh, – it had – so Buffalo has two of them? No, San Francisco does. Oh, San, it's got to be one of the Buffalo teams. No, it's the Patriots 07 team. Oh, that the Giants – That the Giants yeah, beat right. the undefeated, undefeated Patriots. It's there the greatest go. team to never win the Super Bowl. Uh, last night's Niner team is second. Wow. And 2019's Niner team was third. Those are the three best teams to not win the Super Bowl – and two of those taken out by Patrick Mahomes, which I, I'm not doing goat stuff today. I don't want to entertain that. I think that stuff no, needs to let it play out. But he's he's I I don't even think we'd ever have a conversation about another team like the Patriots, another quarterback like Brady. Mahomes does it in a completely different manner, but he's got three and five years and he's twenty eight years old. Three and six. This was six. Oh, that's right. This was year six. But what's funny is you go through it in year one. Uh, D Ford doesn't line up offsides. They beat the Patriots, so there maybe is another one. And then the Tampa Super Bowl's offensive lines bang to hell. He has no time to pass. There's an like, injury luck against yeah. him. There's another one. This dude might have five if just a couple little things go his way, which is insane and speaks to the greatness. But that's kind of the point. Is last night it's it's a slug fest. It's lower scoring. It's a little ugly. It's you know nerves and turnovers and punting mistake and. It goes to overtime, and that guy and that team wins it, and they have the single hardest journey to win a Super Bowl in, in football history. It's like it's just it's not that it elevates the resume; it just it's it's another thing to add to the resume. If he put this season, he would say at one point lost five of six games, got drubbed at home on Christmas Day by Raiders, and then nobody thought we could do it. Yeah, go they on. lost the opener to the Lions at Lose, home. Yeah, they're, hey, this team, look at all the metrics. Their offense is down, and they win the Super Bowl. It just, it's it's insane. And look, the Niner fans today are certainly sad. I'm one of them. But they're not the only fan base swag. I said this to you. You came in finally. You, you had the, 
You had the the stones, and I commend you for this because I didn't talk to you when I got in. I came in here. I just sat down. I'm sorting stuff out. I'm like, he's probably not going to talk to me till the show starts. And you came in, and you asked. And, like, I'm not just sad my team lost. I'm sad because, like, how does the NFL – you're a Charger fan. Yes. We got other Charger fans out there. We got Raider fans out there, Steelers fans, Packers fans. How do you not watch this in their, quote, down year and go – Awesome. Their defense was all draft picks. Seven of their 11 were drafted within the last couple seasons. That's how special their defensive draft picks have been. Then they still have Kelsey, who, by the way, says he's coming back because he wants to three-peat. Mahomes absolutely wins the Super Bowl and immediately goes, you know, this ain't it for us, man. I'm just like, you just won, and that's your first thing to say. Reed's coming back. They're running it back. Oh, yeah. They're probably going to add some playmakers in the draft. We got uh, we got Mr. State Farm, if you want to hear that. Oh, Patrick Mahomes? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no. I mean, this is the start of one. Uh, I mean, we, we got Coach Reed. We got Trav. We got a great defense. We got a lot of young players. Um, and everybody says three is a dynasty. We got three. We're not going to stop there. We're going to keep rolling. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, one of the greatest defensive minds to ever exist, Spags, has now four Super Bowl titles as a coordinator the most by any coordinator in football history. Like, he stopped the 07 Brady Patriots. He stopped the 2011-2012 Patriots. He stopped the 2019 Niners, and he slowed it down. I wrote this down because I thought Spags was, God, he was so awesome. Their points per game against their opponents, they faced the number two ranked offense, the number three ranked offense, the number four ranked offense, the number six ranked offense. That was their matchups in the playoffs. Combine those teams averaged 28 points per game. Chiefs and Spagnola, they they gave up just 15.8. They dropped it 12 and a half points from their per game average. Like, so they have one of the greatest D coordinators, one of the greatest head coaches and offensive minds. One of the greatest quarterbacks, one of the greatest tight ends. One of the greatest defensive linemen. One of the greatest defensive tackles, and then they drafted a bunch of studs around them in the last couple of years at linebacker and in the secondary, and in their down year for offensive line, I don't believe they were called for a holding penalty. I'll have to go back and I don't check think that. So. There were a couple plays there. And they were missing maybe their best offensive lineman. They were missing, yeah, they were missing their guard in Tooney. Creed Humphrey was snapping every ball. The most underrated thing Mahomes did all game was catch the snap because it seemed like it was at his ankle every other play. And they won. So yesterday's not just a sad day for Niner fan. I don't know how you're a fan of any other team. And you're going, cool. That's the standard. They won with the cap hit. Everybody's always, you can't pay a quarterback. Now, I know he's different, but... Yeah. They, that narrative's dead. It's just like that dumb narrative. You can't win That's with a top maybe ten receiver. The most uh, applicable comparison you can make between Mahomes and Brady is the way he structured his contract, how long it is, what he's getting guaranteed, but it allows them to consistently restructure it when they need to create some salary cap space. Absolutely, and he's agreeable to it because he understands. Okay, I'm getting paid, but I got 87 endorsement deals raking in millions. So if I defer it or restructure it, oh yeah, so we can stay competitive, let's let's do it. I you're a Charger fan. This is a team now that's in your division, and I know yes. you have Harbaugh, and you're you got good. Harbaugh. I think more focused right now on okay, can Harbaugh just come in and start to establish and not do the stupid dumb things that we saw Staley and have no sense of. I mean, every coach in the Charger history, basically. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, except for Schottenheimer. Schottenheimer just couldn't get it done in the playoffs. Yeah, Regular he was season, good. They yeah. were outstanding. But yeah. Schottenheimer couldn't, 14-2, and two, and then... I will not stand for the down. Kyle Shanahan is Marty Schottenheimer slander today. Like, of all the things you want to criticize, I will not stand for that. Like, this dude's at least getting to the Super Bowl. Yeah, Schottenheimer would, yeah, it would be in the divisional round. Divisional round every time, no matter yeah. what. I'm not even asking for your team-building thoughts. I just, how are you a fan of a non-chief team, and your takeaway today isn't like, holy hell, we need something injury-wise to happen to this team for this to be different? Well, I think because the Chargers need to get themselves to be in position to take that on, they're not yet. So, let's see if Do you Har- feel confident that you will be? That you'll uh, outdo this franchise? I feel confident that Harbaugh is the kind of coach that can develop team consistency yeah. to the level that when they get to that point, Mm-hmm. they'll be ready to compete with them. I, I hope that you're right. I also watched that same coach years ago in a Super Bowl at the 10 refuse to run the football one time with the number one rushing offense in football and instead, and instead decide to throw fade routes to Michael Crabtree 10 yards out into the end zone. Let's, like three straight plays. Well, let's get there first. Yeah, I, I no, but you're not playing the game. My game yeah. is, is there a single fan base that feels great today? No. This was their down year, and they just won the toughest Super Bowl ever. That's Shouldn't. the point. Only myopic ones. Only Cowboy fan bases. And Okay. I'm a Niner fan. I think they'll be really good next year. I'm. Yeah. If they face off to the Chiefs again next year, you know what I won't be? <laughs> nervously confident. I'll just yeah. be nervously just nervous. Ner- yep. That's what I'll be. Sad and nervous. That will be my emotions going into the game. I, it's, it's a wild feeling. But having somebody this great with a franchise that's doing seemingly the right things around him, it's terrifying for the rest of the National Football League. And so it's just not Niner fan yesterday. It was because they lost. Every other fan base should be going, damn it. He's 28. His coach is coming back. His tight end's coming back. His offensive line will probably be better. He'll probably get a skill guy in the draft that's going to be amazing as a rookie. Oh, yeah, Rasheed Rice is going to have experience. They've got Watson behind Kelsey. Noah Gray behind Kelsey. Oh, yeah, their defense was stout, and they're all pretty young. They'll figure out the Chris Jones thing, I'm sure. But their secondary and their linebackers are great. Like, it's it's just hard to wake and up today and not see a rain like to see a rainbow if you're another team. They've been able to handle Chiefs. well, they've been able to handle success. Yeah. They're not complacent. They do it differently than Belichick and the Patriots did it. And that just grinded on guys. They let their personality show but while, Andy Reed, while accomplishing. Andy Reid finds the balance of okay, be yourself, have some fun. I'm going to have some cheeseburgers. You guys do what you need to do. <laughs> and when it's time to go again, we know what we need to do yeah. when it's time to buckle down and get this thing cranked up again. If you feel confident at all about your team, that's if you're not a Chiefs fan, you let me know at the Vancouver Ford text line. I refuse to believe any of you are real. There's no chance. You You look at this last night and you go, damn it, man. If something doesn't happen, this team might win every year or every other year. And you just hope, you just hope, that they have one of those Cincinnati Bengals second-half games where somehow they don't score and they look broken for whatever reason and they don't get to the Super Bowl. Other than that, good luck to the rest of the NFL because last night the Chiefs said we're here and we're going nowhere. We want more, and that is a terrifying feeling. Uh, Back with some of the audio from the Super Bowl next on The Fan. You know, football can be a dumb sport, and that touchdown was great by Juwan Jennings. 
It was like a weird, he caught it, and he thought Snead was going to pull him down. He didn't, and he was almost like surprised he didn't. And he just like kind of trotted and kept the ball up and got in the end zone, had a, a catch, uh, caught touchdown and passed for a touchdown. Uh, but football can be dumb sometimes. And I'm not kidding when I tell you, I'm watching this at that moment on the couch with my wife, who will get his face, her face is in the sweatshirt. Like all you see are her eyes because she can't handle the anxiety I'm giving off. And I don't know what it was. But I went, oh, no, the extra point here would push this to four. And I don't know why I'm suddenly nervous, but I just it was like my spidey senses went up on my neck and my hairs were standing. And I didn't want to look away because I had looked and he had made it. So I, I'm into the jinxing stuff at this point, but I'm I'm like looking and I see it get blocked. And I go, why did I know that was going to happen? And I know people are highlighting that. They also didn't lose because of that. I know, like, oh, they made it. If you don't think Patrick Mahomes was going to get a touchdown when you needed a touchdown, I don't know what to tell you anymore. <laughs> Whether it was 4-3, he was either going to tie that game or win the game. It didn't matter to me, but it was just very bad timing for it to happen. Uh, let's get to some of the audio. Uh, this was a pretty crucial play and one that, I don't know, in real time I missed it. I just thought Ray... Uh, uh, Ray Ray McDonald. McDonald, thank you, uh, was going to just pick it up and try to surprise the Chiefs special teams I admit that it hit the foot. Here was the uh, Romo Nance call. There have been 530 punts in the history of the Super Bowl, and there's never been one return for a touchdown. Put some odds on that. It's a fumble, and it's a recovery by Kansas City. Now there's a moment that you go, hmm. Not that they win, but what happens if that doesn't happen? Because Kansas City had six points at this point. They were looking inept offensively. They needed something like that to happen. And there you go. They scored a touchdown. One on play. play. 16 yards. Touchdown. Chiefs are ahead. What yeah. the hell happened? Your boy here? Marquez Valdez-Scantling. <laughs> I bet you there's audio you could find Friday where I'm like, is Valdez-Scantling going to beat him? <laughs> is Nicole Hardman going to beat him? And like both of them beat him. Two touchdowns. I I thought about looking for some audio. I was like, nope. I, I wouldn't have been mad at that. I can't do that. It would have been fair, actually. Uh, it would have been devastating to hear back, but it would have been very fair. Uh, so that happened. You had a muff punt that leads to the uh, the Chiefs getting the touchdown and taking the lead. Here is uh, Mitch Holtis, legendary play-by-play guy, Chiefs radio, on uh, the game-winning McCole Hardman. Patrick Mahomes hit, in the, hit, hit him in the end zone wide open, and they get the walk-off in overtime. McKinnon is in at running back. First down and goal to go. Play action fake. Right side throw. Touchdown! Kansas City! McCall Hardman! McCall Hardman with the catch on the right side! A three-yard touchdown pass in overtime! Kansas City wins the game! 25-22! And the Chiefs' kingdom has started its own history class! Because for the first time in 6,944 days, there is a back-to-back Super Bowl champion. And it is the Kansas City Chiefs, champions of Super Bowl 58 on the heels of Super Bowl 57. The Chiefs do it in overtime. Mitch Holtis, longtime radio play-by-play guy for the Chiefs. Good for him. He got a Patrick Mahomes in his life, and now he's calling Super Bowl games every year. Exactly. <laughs> That's how quickly it could happen for you, Swigard. You're a Portland Pilot guy now, and then money comes in, and here come the Pilots dominating the WCC. Yeah, we need our where, – where's our Uncle Phil? 
We need an Uncle Phil. You do need an Uncle Phil. Just pray for him. Uh, Catholic okay. school, you guys might get it. Yeah. Uh, plus, Oregon State's coming to your conference, and that pas- that basketball program is so damn awful. That a little more concerned another- about the kooks. Could be a tough trip to the Inland Empire if you got to play Gonzaga and Washington State in the same week. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's brutal. Here was uh, Travis Kelsey, of course, on the podium, handed the trophy. <laughs> Cheese Kingdom! Yo, here it is! We've been fighting for all right all day. How about a little Viva Las Vegas? Viva Las Vegas! Viva! Viva Las Vegas! <laughs> Hey, Elvis never had it better than that right there. Let me tell you. I don't know what movie it's from, and I'm seeing the person, but I cannot remember. But there's a there's a scene in either a TV or a movie where somebody sees him and goes, I hate that guy. <laughs> it's kind of me with him. Like, I, I admire the greatness, and geez, is he hard to stop. But sometimes I'm just like, oh, God. Yeah, it might be, might oh. be the summer of Kelsey. Well, he had he looked like a little baby in the first half. Oh, give me the man, give me the football. And he came up and he bumps Andy Reid, demanding the football. No, he wanted to begin to throw the block. Well, whatever it was, like, what are you doing? You're blindsiding your 64-year-old coach <laughs> who has no spatial awareness to his <laughs> left and right. You're almost buried in his down. call sheet. Andy Reid was asked about this after the game. Here's what he had to say. <laughs> yeah, he caught me off balance. I wasn't watching. He, cheap shot, but that's all right. He did good. He was really coming over just go, just put me in, I'll score, I'll score, you know, so that's really what it was. Well, I love that. I mean, it's not the first time, so I listen, I appreciate him. I knew it wasn't as big a deal as the world was making it, but it would be a massive deal today had they not won the game. Oh, yes. Kelsey comes unglued. Chiefs, is this the end? Like, that would have been some of what the national media storyline would have been because he bumped his coach a little bit in anger. But they're the best team. They're the best team. Nobody can say otherwise. Uh, they've proved it time and time again, and they're going nowhere. Here was Brock Purdy. Uh, he took a lot of blame in the post game, uh, talking about just not not scoring a touchdown when his team needed it. When you have a good offense like the Chiefs do, and and what Mahomes can do, um, you know, for us, it's it's like all right, we have to you know score touchdowns, and um, we had opportunities to do so. I think shot ourselves in the foot with, you know, just penalties and the operations and, and stuff. So um, I got to be better um, in terms of, you know, leading the guys and, and just, you know, I think how I handle things in the huddle and tell them, telling them, you know, what to expect, stuff like that. So, um, but, yeah, at the end of the day, I think we have the team, the offense to, to score touchdowns, and I think I failed to put our team in position to do that. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. The listeners saying Jurassic Park. When it's Jeff Goldblum's taunting uh, the old guy into the camera, and because they're not seeing any dinosaurs, he goes, "I really hate that man." That's how I felt yesterday, watching Travis Kelsey scream "Viva Las Vegas" on the podium, holding the Lombardi Trophy after having one catch for one yard in the first half. He gets the last laugh. Uh, we'll have a little bit more on this. We'll talk about Shanahan. A lot of we have one listener saying, "No, no, no! It's the play calling. It's the play calling." I, I'll get to that. I want to talk about that as well. Uh, I'll take a pause for some non-Super Bowl stuff at 7.45, and then we'll dive back into it. The Chiefs get the Super Bowl win. Dirt and Sprague back with more. We'll get into the halftime show. Usher, baby. Usher. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Interesting start to the show, but a great finish for sure. We'll talk about that. Yeah. That was a show directed at exactly my generation. They didn't try to capture you. No. They weren't trying to capture the young 20-something and teens. I don't think so. They came right after my age demographic. It got better as it went on. The millennials. It's like one of the only great things we've been given in our lives post-high school after everybody lied to us our whole not lives. Not in the all-time pantheon, but certainly really? not... Not bad. Do you have an all-time pantheon? Uh, there's really there's eh, there's three or four that stick out to me all time. I nobody will ever top what you two did after the 9/11 one. It was an impossible thing, and they pulled it off. So mm. maybe musically not the best one. Prince in the Rain for me, all timer. That was what oh oh seven oh eight somewhere yeah. around there. Um. I loved uh, I loved the uh, the rap one they did a couple years ago. I thought that was fantastic. Dr. Dre and stuff. Dr. In LA. Dre, that yeah. was awesome. That was good. Do you know that one was better than the Usher one? Uh, yes. Okay. I would take that over Usher. I didn't know I was going to have a Swigard halftime show pantheon list here. Um, and I thought Lady Gaga's was one of the best all time. The 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 jumping yeah. out into the I stadium. That was great. That was a great one because it also led to the comeback. Yep. Twenty eight three. Uh, yeah, I mean, we could just get to it here. I'll, I'll get to some of the other football dealings and whatnot. But uh, I thought it was good. His He had mic problems at the I beginning. I couldn't understand him early on. He was doing his montage, more of his slower stuff, and they all the dancing across the field to the stage. I thought there was it was overproduced a little bit. He tried to maybe shove more than he needed to into that. So the only thing on that I would say, because I, I don't think you're wrong, if, you, if you're if you not a like a true diehard of Usher, and that's yeah. okay if you're not, most of us, again, my demographic, the millennials, he could have not had his mic working at all, but if I heard the music, I knew what he was singing. 
And that that's the tough part with having an usher is there's just certain people that ha- don't know the catalog as well. Yeah. He also has such a big catalog that he was trying to, I think, get as many of those hits in as he possibly could. The other part, too, the beginning, it felt like they were really trying to sell you or tell you we're in Vegas. Because he was dancing onto the field, going yeah. towards midfield. And along the way, you see these flips and these circus performers and people on stilts. I thought it was more like, this is Vegas, baby. Yeah. And then eventually he gets to a stage and you know comes out in roller skates and a futuristic you know glittery jacket. And then little John comes out. And I thought her was great on the guitar. Yeah, that was awesome. Once Alicia Keys started coming in and the, the collaboration started, then, then I... I was like, okay, no, this is good. No. Alicia looked great. She looked fantastic. Her voice cracked a little bit. I was wondering if she was kind of sick. She had a little bit of a cold, but like also those people practice that show so much. Yeah. That I, I can't I can't imagine. And then Lil John Lil John was great. Lil John was probably my favorite thing. That he, was awesome. He came out, he looked good. He's ludicrous. Yeah, yeah. He started yeah. the yeah going. Luda came out in shoulder pads in like a Ben Stiller dodgeball <laughs> outfit and Wrapped his part of yeah. It was a weird ending too. I didn't know it was over. I don't. I don't think anybody knew it was over. Yeah, because it didn't like conclude with a song and just freeze frame. No, he the kept roller talking. skates was great. Yeah, that whole routine was awesome. Yep. So overall, I give it a solid B, a good B yeah, performance. Like I said, not the worst. Not 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 my all time favorite. I think I'm with you. I think I lean a little more Dre halftime performance in the group of people that yeah. he brought out. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed it. I that probably have it there alley. with what Katy Perry did. Music was better with Usher. I thought Katy Perry with the weird Didn't horse she ride thing, like a, Yeah, she wrote a, that electric horse or whatever. Yeah. I thought the production, I think, was a little cooler. <laughs> I forgot what that was. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was some big thing that she was coming in. Yeah. Right, she was on top of it. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was you know, all those songs for me are jams that I still. Uh, listen my to. biggest surprise, okay, was uh, Post Malone. Uh, America the Beautiful. Did you not? What, what was surprising about? Like you didn't know what he was. I didn't know what to expect. No, I, I, I know who Post Malone is. Don't listen to a lot of his music. What did and you I think? I was very curious. I actually really enjoyed it. I did too. I I really liked how he went about that. Yeah, I thought. Um, I uh, knew Lift Every Voice was going to blow the roof off the yeah, place. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And then how about this? The the surprise. Speaking of music. The over-under was 90 seconds. I thought that was a little light for Reba. There was a little... She hit... I think somebody calculated she... Was it right at 90? It was... No. Well, she hit the over. Yeah. But I think what people calculate is when she said the first Brave, it was like 28 seconds out. She she Yeah, there was a big finish, though. Yeah. Yeah, she went real big finish, and that's what pulled it on the over. Otherwise, she was pacing, like, really quickly. In fact, when we started, I... I told the wife the number and I hit the stop clock and I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh my God, she's going to get done with this in a minute 10. And she, you know, she of course went Reba and she stretched it out a little bit at the end there and she just hit the over on it. So the over hit, I thought, you know, I thought musically everything was great. I thought all the artists did a really good job and halftime was fantastic. I just want to enjoy halftime. I I don't want to sit there and go, eh. And I didn't feel like that. I, I liked it. Now, Usher... And that style of music's not everybody's cup of tea, but I would say largely for the first time that felt like one for the millennials. I I thought about it. Uh, I saw Usher before he was Usher. He opened for Janet Jackson one year in Portland. Oh, when he was still like a younger. When he was like 18 years old. And I was like, I didn't get him. 
I I thought it was bad. I'm really? Like, yeah. Even like, with the performance? Because he probably danced well, pretty he only, good. I mean, he was only out there for like a half hour or something. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, I, I didn't get him at the time. You know what? Uh, I have an artist like that, too. I went to a, uh, uh, it was uh, Kanye's concert, the Glow in the Dark tour when it was in Portland years and years ago. I think 07, 06 or something. I went to that, and one of the first performers, it was Lupe Fiasco, NERD, and then Rihanna came out. And this was like Rihanna had a couple joints, but she wasn't quite Rihanna yet. Yeah. She just stood there and sang, and like her voice was beautiful, but she didn't really do much. And I remember thinking when she was like, eh, meh. And then, you know, she blew up like three, four, five years later and became what she is now. But in the moment, I was kind of like, eh, you know, eh, okay. Not, not necessarily my favorite, but uh, I guess I've seen worse, maybe. But yeah, I thought it was a great halftime show. I thought Usher did his thing. And. Yeah, I have no big uh, negatives other than the mic not working at the beginning. Yeah, it was just, it was hard to understand him, especially when you're doing ballads, you need to hear the lyrics. Well, his voice seemed shot, too. Yeah. I saw a CBS I don't thing. know how much they rehearsed that the week of. Well, you know he has a residency there, right? I'm a, yeah. He's got, he's had a res- residency there for, I think, over a year now. I think he's got a three or four year deal, but he performs a ton, and the thing about singers, they need rest. He did a thing with Nate Burleson trying to figure out the catalog, like how do you decide what songs to sing? And in the interview, it, it didn't sound like he would wanted to talk. He's like, yeah, you know, I just, I'll try my hardest. And like, <laughs> oh, you're preserving the voice there. You could hear it a little bit in the performance, but I think overall, uh, Usher delivered at halftime. That's my takeaway. Solid B. A, a, a good halftime show with really good features in it. That's what I like, and that's what I wanted. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, 0-2 in the Super Bowl, but we'll pause. We'll get back into it at 8. These two little nuggets happened over the weekend in college football, and I want to talk about that next on 1080 The Fan. It's crunch time. Let's go! Where Dirt and Sprague crunch the hot topics you want to hear. What's the pressure? Don't sit here and act like there's no... We get nervous teeing off in front of a gallery on the 10th hole at Eastmoreland. Crunch time. Brought to you by Crunch Fitness. With memberships as low as $9.99 per month. Find your crunch time in Portland, Vancouver, and online at crunch.com. All right, we'll pause on the Super Bowl. We'll get back into it at 8. Kyle Shanahan, 0-2 in that game as a head coach. We'll talk about some of the play calling and decision-making in it. A game as uh, close and contested as that that goes to overtime. There's certainly things that many will second-guess. We'll dive back into that. The Chiefs' greatness was on full display as well. I want to pause because two things happened over the weekend that involved college football. The first was, I believe I saw Ryan Grubb at one point basically say, I'm ready to go, Alabama. We're going to do this. It seemed to be reported as done deal. That he was going to stay with DeBoer. Yeah. That he had interviewed with the Hawks, but like they... Well, he had interviewed to replace him as the head coach at Washington, and they They went a different direction. And so then he said, I guess I'll go to Bama. And And then then, John Schneider called. And then the Seahawks called, (laughs) and a random Seahawk Husky fan went to a random bar and sees Ryan Grupp, Mike McDonald and John Schneider sitting at a table breaking bread, and that person sends out a photo and says, oh, my God, I think they're hiring him. And then it goes into – he gets a bunch of retweets, takes a selfie with Mike McDonald, who's smiling with him, 
And then John Schneider catches wind that it's just trending on social that he may have broken the news <laughs> that Ryan Grubb was going to leave DeBoer and like, Bama. We haven't signed a contract yet. And the guy said that Schneider basically reamed him, just chewed him out, and so he deleted it for John Schneider. That guy Schneider. better have some sweet seats next season. I mean, if you're going to yell at me for <laughs> snapping a photo and then being mad about that, yeah, give me one game with some sweet <laughs> access, please, and I'll do it. But Ryan Grubb, he's not going to go to Bama. He's leaving Kalen DeBoer. I'm sure Husky fan and, you know, every non-Bama fan got a good laugh at that of DeBoer just losing another piece on his coaching staff and within his program. And now Ryan Grubb, not Chip Kelly, is going to be the OC of the Seattle Seahawks. What do you make of that decision by Seattle? Ah, we'll see. I All right. That's I, fantastic. I, <laughs> It's all spinning. I was. Do you more... like his offense though? Is it an offense that you watch and you say you think that can work pretty well? Yeah. In the NFL? And now the curious part. Now the whole speculation is the Seahawks are going to finagle the draft to get Penix so he can have Penix and continue on. I'm I not don't, always convinced of that. I don't stuff. know if I buy that. Harbaugh also said J.J. McCarthy should be the number one player taken in this draft. I think yeah. sometimes they have their guys, but it doesn't mean that's going to yeah. be their guy. So, but I think he certainly could help Geno. I think things would be will be look better if Geno's you know ends up being the guy next year again. I mean, if you think Penix can be a guy, it's not. I don't know about their pick in the first round pick. It, so it appears to me that the only reason Penix isn't being projected into the first round is just concern about his, his injury injuries. history. It's yeah. not anything yeah. about his ability to run an offense. It's about his ability to suit up for seventeen weeks. But if you think you can you know, get him early in a second round because you want to use your first on yeah. something else. Like let him sit for a year or two like behind Gino. Offensive lineman. <laughs> I mean, they need any pass rushing they yeah. can get. If Nawosu's not out there, they're, oh my God, are they bad? Yeah. And then Chip said, see ya as well. Yeah. And this was another story that was like kind of looming out there on Friday as we were doing the show. Well, and there was more and more smoke. He was interviewing and you're like, uh, at what point did you see just say go? I don't say this uh, flippantly, but like, at what point does UCLA say we're not doing football anymore? They need to lean in. Yeah, that that program is in real trouble, man. Like they they're they're going to lose. They've already lost most of their they're, talent. They're, they're in got danger poached. of becoming Purdue. I I would argue they already. What? Why are they not? What did Chip do to make them not? Aren't they like an eight win team? Isn't that Purdue mm. to a T? Yeah, but at least UCLA and the Pac-12 had some sort they're they're going to get lost in the big t- they're going to be way off the radar even more than they were. Brother man, they were lost in the Pac-12. I, yeah, I think they're definitely going to get lost in the Big 10. I don't know what they're going to do. And I don't know if this is a college football problem or you're just specifically going to say, "Nah, UCLA, but a head coach of a Big 10 program in Los Angeles." They've had Oh, wait, no, it was an ACC program in B.C. that just had to go through this. Yeah, but a, a head coach of a right. Big Ten program based in Los Angeles, California, yeah. just said, I'd I'm rather out. just coach offense right. of a team within the conference than be the head coach of an L.A. school. Yeah. I don't know if that's a college football program because or problem because we've seen coaches bolt a lot here or if this is just UCLA-specific, but that is a wild no, turn of events. I think this is... A guy that he didn't prefer the recruiting aspect beforehand, and now with the total mass chaos of NIL and the transfer portal, he's like, I, just stick me in a room with video and a couple of quarterbacks, and let's 
just break down film and come yeah, up with that, plays. If you think that guy's going to Ohio State and doing any recruiting, you're crazy. He, no. he, he, in his deal, it probably says does not have to talk to us. I think they kid. will bring it like on official visits, like if it's a quarterback or, or something, they'll, they'll meet with them just to get an idea of X's nose, but he ain't. Uh, based on what I've heard, um, a couple different times about Kelly's time at Oregon, as humming along as that was, as good as it was, I've heard stories about him where basically like, hey, how you doing? Great. Yeah. Have a good day. Yeah. And that's as the head coach. I can only imagine as the OC, it's like a shake of the hand and hope you're ready to run. I hope you're ready to run. All right. <laughs> good luck. And then he'll just go back to his office and shut the door and put on the do not disturb sign. That is a crazy thing to see a head coach of his team in L.A. choose to go be the offensive coordinator for another team within his own conference. You just don't see that very Now, there often. was a longtime personal connection with Ryan Day, so it wasn't just any old, and it wasn't you know, uh, any just, old program. I disagree with you. It was Ohio State. What job did he not interview for? His name was in every interview. I well, think they were he, NFL jobs. No, Swag, I think he would have taken any other college job. I think he wanted out. I think it's abundantly clear he didn't want to break the contract. Now, did he agree to that before Grubb opened up the Bama OC position? I want to say they were right there, but he's going to choose the guy that it was his quarterback at well, New Hampshire. Yeah. That's and what that's I'm no, I, I know what you're saying is true, but also I, my only pushback is I think he was looking for any job, any job that was not UCLA head coach. I think that's what Chip Kelly was after. It's I, I just didn't think I'd ever see that. Uh, but here we are now. Chip Kelly is the OC. I don't know. I'm not claiming this is true at all, and I don't also want to discredit this person because they were right on some stuff during the Pac-12 uh, implosion. Jason Shear, our old friend at yeah. Wildcat Authority, did you see his thing? I did not. Uh, he he's saying that Jed Fish interviewed. Now again for UCLA. Yes. Oh. Now. Oh, after the fact. Just recently. Oh, now, I, I'll have to go check his Twitter account if he's retracted that report, but I saw that either Friday or Saturday night that he was trying to suggest that Jetfish interviewed because if Jetfish had stayed at Arizona and this came open, he's taken UCLA oh, yeah. far and away before he's taken Washington. And Jonathan Smith was the other name. Had he not taken Michigan State, Yep. I don't know if he leaves for UCLA, but UCLA's calling him for sure. He's a Pasadena native. So now you see, I don't know who UCLA is going to hire. I have no idea where they go. It's not that they can't turn it around. It's just that, like, God, that athletic department clearly is in shambles right now. And that job's got to be worse than we even know. Just and, truly and, awful. Yeah. And they're going to have more limited resources going to the Big Ten than anybody else. Well, because of their, their debt, their yeah. deficit. Men's basketball program, that's about it at UCLA. Not this year. Well, yeah, a little bit of a rebuilding year. Is yeah. their, their baseball team's usually okay, right? Yeah, but that's college baseball, and as yeah. much as we love it, and it's not the money maker. It's you're you're just hoping that program sustains itself. So it's NFL draft season for many, and don't worry, we will dive into the draft because I've become. I'm very wondering what in what it. season it is now for you. Still today, it's football. Now. Okay. Tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday? Later on this week. We'll revisit on Thursday. Let's do that. Let's make a note for okay. the show purposes, Swag. Yeah. You be here this week? Are you in all week? I leave after the show Wednesday. It's our last regular season road trip. Oh, so are you back Friday? Uh, no. San Diego and Pepperdine. Oh, so you're gone for the rest of the week? Yes. Let's Wednesday. 
Let's I, do it Wednesday. I hate you. Let's do it Wednesday. Why don't you come with me? Come on a roadie. <laughs> you know, I've got equipment. We can do the show from the hotel room. <laughs> you got a spot on that plane? Is it free? Do I get per diem? Uh, I, I don't get per diem, but I, I I eat with the team. You talk to the Catholics on the bluff. And All right. See if they. I mean, come on. Last night I saw the commercial. They're washing feet. We'll Jesus. go see Marcus down in San Diego. I'm okay with that. I want to do that. Actually, <laughs> yes, I'm there. We'll do it Wednesday. What are we? What season is it yeah. for you? Wednesday now. But we'll dive into that. There is some college football tidbits. Let's dive back in. Kyle Shanahan is 0-2. We'll dive into that and what it all means. Uh, this More Super Bowl reaction because we got more to discuss. That was Crunch Time brought to you by Crunch Fitness. Uh, memberships as low as $9.99 per month. Multiple locations. Visit them at crunch.com. Loaded final hour. Kyle Shanahan, 0-2 in the big game. Dirt and Spring on the fan. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Dirt and Sprague. 915, let's have a great day, everybody. Cut this with Andy Dirt Johnson. I said that I wanted to have kids, and you said that you wanted me to have a vasectomy. What did I do? And then when you said that you might want to have kids, and I wasn't so sure, you had the vasectomy reversed. And then when you said you definitely didn't want to have kids, what it reversed back. And Brendan Sprague. Stiff stop, stiff stop, stiff stop. You have no idea the physical toll. The three vasectomies have a person. Dirt and spray gone 1080. They're not going to catch us. We're on a mission from God. The fan. All right, welcome back in. Final hour of the radio program. It flies by every day, especially when you got a big game to talk about with the uh, the Super Bowl. Juwan Jennings, a near MVP. And at one point, we were wondering, is a kicker going to be the MVP of this game? And then Patrick Mahomes said, hold on, hold on a second. I'm Patrick Mahomes. And uh, he wins another one. He's one of seven athletes in our major core four to win three or more MVPs in the championship. Mm. Pretty rarefied air he's well, there's there. three of them in the NFL. Yes, there are. Are there two in the NBA? Uh, Jordan and Jabbar? Jordan. Maybe it was just NBA, NFL. Hold on. I had it here. Alex Kennedy is the one that put it. Uh, no, LeBron, Duncan, Shaq, Magic, and Jordan. Five. Oh, five. The five. Okay. Those are the five with three championship MVPs. Okay. Jabbar, I guess, never did it. Uh, he didn't get three. No, he didn't get three. He had, I know he had a couple. So Jordan was six, Brady five, Braun four, Montana three, Duncan three, Magic three, Shaq has three. And so Mahomes joins that list, yeah. Okay, World Series MVPs? I think, I think. well, Alex Kennedy's an NBA guy. Oh, okay. I think he's so just, just trying to yeah. tie, yeah. So I said core four, that's my mistake. 
Uh, we've had a couple mistakes on the show already. I'm That's sorry. Okay. I'm not going to be perfect. It's, it's Ray Ray McLeod. We said McDonald earlier. That was my mistake. Uh, also, I just saw somebody, a Husky fan, said Jason Shear, our good friend, who is, you know, he stands by his reporting. He does. He also noted he needed to take a break from the app for mental health reasons. So <laughs> I'm sure those mentions were just fine. <laughs> just peachy. Uh, swag, Kyle Shanahan is 0-2 in Super Bowls. Many label him 0-3 yes. because he was the offensive coordinator of the Falcons when they were up 28-3. Well, how many did his dad lose before he finally won? I don't know if I have the answer to that because he came, didn't he go straight from the Niners to the Broncos? I don't know if Kyle, if Mike Shanahan lost. Did oh, Mike right. Shanahan did lose he not any? lose? No. Because it was Marty, right? Of no, the... it was Reeves. Dan oh, Reeves, Reeves was you. there Thank forever. You. Yeah, I think, I'll look up Mike's, but I don't think did, Mike. Did they lose one before he won one? Mm. I can't remember if he was there. At... Well, his dad won two. They won, won back two. to back. Yeah, but they were at the end of Elway's career. Look, he's 0-2. Let me, let me ask you this before we start, because okay. I want to get into some of the stuff people are questioning. What is your read on Kyle Shanahan? You're not a Niner fan. In fact, most of the time you're rooting against him. There's yes. a lot of noise today. Oh, he's Marty Schottenheimer. I, I, I saw it was crazy, and it's Twitter, and it shouldn't be representative of America. But, like, might be time to move on. Can't win the big game. What is your read as a non-Niner fan on Shanahan? Just out of curiosity. I, you're not going to do too much better in the current age. Like, every time somebody wants to move on from somebody, who are you going to get? That's better. Mm -hmm. Who are you going to get that you are more confident? Because the only thing he hasn't done for you is won a Super Bowl. Yes. That's the only thing he hasn't done. the only thing he hasn't done. So who are you confident, like 95% confident when you put that person, give them the headset and the play call sheet, is going to deliver the Super Bowl victory more than Kyle Shanahan can? I thought this game was about the play on the field more than anything else. More than coaching decisions. Yeah, there was some fluky stuff that happened. I mean, a punt goes off the calf of a guy blocking for you and gives them a touchdown. A blocked extra point. There's nothing coaching a going. McCaffrey fumble to open a the McCaffrey drive. fumble. He doesn't fumble all season. Um, th those things... There's no coaching involved in any of that. That killed. So you take at least four, possibly eight points off of your score with the fum with the two fumbles, mm -hmm. and then or with the blocked extra point and the McCaffrey fumble, and right. then the muff punt gives them seven. Gives them seven. That's fifteen points of difference. Coaching had nothing to do with that. So here's the interesting thing because many, you know, the overtime thing. I said this earlier, and we had somebody asking if we touched on it, like. The Niners players, from all the reporting, sound like they didn't know the overtime rules at all. There's also a story where the Chiefs say they, they're retold about this in training camp. And so people use this and go, look at the difference here. Okay, they didn't know the rules. I, I said this earlier, I'll say it again quickly. I don't know what that changes. Like, you still have to go play the game, and now you know the rules. So, like, the Niners knew they couldn't give up a touchdown there. Mahomes is great. Reed is great. Touchdown, Chiefs. Super Bowl over. I don't know what that changes. The coin flip thing, we played the clip earlier. Shanahan chose to take the ball. His analytics team said that's the decision because you want the ball. You want to score a touchdown knowing the Chiefs will probably score, but then you get the ball in the sudden death period to try to end the game on a walk-off, whatever. You can disagree with that, too. I don't think the game boiled down to those things, personally. Now, play calling. That's always been a big Shanahan thing. When they lose a game, it's Shanahan doesn't know what to do play calling. 
You highlighted some things that went against them that the Chiefs definitely, to their credit, capitalized on. I'll highlight one here. The start of the second half was massive to me. If you took away the muffed punt, which helped give the Chiefs some momentum, some juice, a touchdown, feel good about themselves, I thought the two biggest ones for their team, McCaffrey fumbling on the opening drive, they were marching down the field, the scripted plays were working, he was he was cutting them at six to seven yards a carry, Purdy was precise and right, knew where he was going to go in the reads, and McCaffrey, who doesn't fumble, fumbles, ends the drive, Okay. The second one is this. They pick off Patrick Mahomes in the third quarter to start the second half. The third play. Cross midfield. Plus side of the field. You're on the 44. You get like 8 to 10 yards there. One first down or close to a first down. You get a field goal. You're going to 13-3. They get the pick. They run three straight plays. Pass incomplete. Followed by a false start. Now, this is the context of play calling that I think we overlook. Everybody said McCaffrey didn't get enough touches. I looked it up. McCaffrey had 22 carries in the game. Now, if you think he should add more, I'm not mad at that thought. But he had 22. Do you know how many he had in the second half in overtime? He had 12. He had more in the second yeah. half than he did the first half. So it wasn't necessarily about the total amount of carries. It was about when he carried. And he had a couple series that he was getting a breather because they brought— Did you see his arms? Yeah. His arms were black and blue. I know. Like he looked... Mitchell came in for a couple of series. They ran a couple of yeah. sweeps with Samuel. So, yeah. So my only problem is it was the timing of things for them. So Shanahan, I think what was clear is he got away from obvious run play. For him, that was first down. I think he viewed first down as Chiefs are going to view this as obvious run play. Yeah. Maybe I can catch him off guard with it. We'll play action. Yeah. So he did quite a few. Brock Purdy passes on first down, incomplete. Next play, second and 10. This, to me, seems like, okay, maybe you can run, get four or five yards, make it a third and manageable. False start, Aaron Banks. Not second and 15. I got to throw it. Are, are, yeah, are you going to run it? I mean, maybe you can make now, an maybe argument. Maybe you can throw a screen pass or try to catch something there, something, you know, at the line of scrimmage, well, I thought like that's, a long handoff. I but. thought that is actually where Wilkes got in trouble defensively and where Reed and Mahomes recognized when they got into second and longs or first and longs, they were okay taking the underneath stuff that got them seven to eight. That's why I took Pacheco over his receiving total. That's why you saw Kyle Shanahan screaming at Steve Wilkes in the headset covering his mouth because he saw the coverage, had to call a defensive timeout, and said, stop giving them eight yards of cushion. This is what they're killing us on. Okay, so now it's second and 15. He passes incomplete, third and 15. There you go. My only real hang-up, I'm being honest here, my only hang-up as a fan wanting that team to win and being devastated by the last time the Chiefs came back and won. It was the second possession of the second half. The Chiefs forced a punt on the next possession. You get the ball back. Pass, pass, pass. That was the possession to me where, where Kyle made a mistake. I thought everything else was kind of forced because they had time, untimely penalties. They had penalties bite them at the worst pot. Holding, false start. Like, when you're stuck in second and 15s, I just think some of that stuff is way easier on your couch so you should still be running the football. You're in the moment. The other thing that's questionable for me, because you get to overtime and everybody's like, why do you not go for it? You know Mahomes is going to get a touchdown. Okay, but, like, also you're just going to gonna give up the easy kicks. The fourth down bot at the end of the fourth, it's sub two minutes. Niners have the ball. There's two timeouts left for the Chiefs. It's third and four. They didn't get the third and four. 
a lot of people wanted him to go for that. Be aggressive, get a first down, kill more clock, make the Chiefs use their timeout. The fourth down bot says, lean kick. He decided to kick. He did what the analytics say to do in that moment. That was my only, like, uh, because you knew Mahomes was going to go down and tie it, but you'd rather make him go get a touchdown. Yeah. So, like, I'm in this weird spot where the head coach has accomplished everything but win a Super Bowl. Yeah. He's gotten you there multiple times. If you go read any of the pieces a week ago, he's not just the head coach, by the way. He inherited a dumpster fire when he got there. Like, an absolute disaster of a situation. Him and and John Lynch actually work hand-in-hand with player personnel decisions. He's helped build the team, too. Not just coach it, build it. And so the only thing he hasn't done is won the Super Bowl. But this might be the Jordan era where all these great people don't win titles because Kansas City is going to get vets on the cheap, they're going to draft well, and number 15 can cover up whatever holes an organization has. I thought it was fine. 22 points, you want more than that? Sure. Spags is great. That defense was good. Chris Jones was a monster. I didn't have that many Shanahan problems watching that game as it feels like people create because they don't win it. Are we hearing about all this stuff if they win? No, but you lose in overtime on the touchdown, and it's let's highlight every dumb thing he did. He wasn't perfect, but I thought that game, just some things didn't break their way. They went the Chief way, and the Chiefs, to their credit, capitalized on it. I think it's insane that people are like, you need to move off him. He can't win the big game. Do you know how many Andy Reid can't win the big game things I heard when he was in Philly? Yeah. Part of legacy and resume is like, it's not done. He's 44. Whether it's in San Francisco or a different team, I won't be shocked if he wins a title in his life. I can see that he's good enough to get his team in the position. Right. You just can't have fumbles or, uh, you know, punts. extra points. Block extra points. These things that randomly happen in games that you can't, you don't practice that. He lost by three in overtime. To Patrick Mahomes. I just, I think some of this stuff is ridiculous. Before you go jumping off the bridge, who you got to replace him? Who are you confident in that if you put them in that headset? Nobody can name them. That's the problem. And nobody can name, like, who's been better in the NFC? Let's not not get excited here. The uh, the only thing I'll say is, I'll finally go, because I'm going long on this, because I want to get back into the Chiefs and give them their due today. They were awesome. The other thing that has to hurt, and this is where they failed as an organization totally, it has to hurt to not only lose to that guy again, to blow a 10-point lead to them again. Swag, it has to hurt to walk off of that field and known you could have had that guy, but you didn't properly evaluate him, and you wanted Solomon Thomas instead in that draft. That, of all of the things... That's got to hurt. The guy that might get in your way your entire run in San Francisco, you could have had him, and people would have questioned it, but you could have had him. Imagine that Niner offense with that dude. I know what it is because Andy Reid's sitting there going, I know what it's like. I got him. And that's the one that hurts probably the most. Uh, The Kansas City Chiefs win again. Doom for the NFL. Next on The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Give you guys a quick heads up. Uh, 1080 The Fan, we'd like to invite you to our Fan Winter Golf Classic. This is the first one. We're trying it out at X-Golf Tualatin and X-Golf Vancouver. It's going to be on Tuesday, February 27th. 
Uh, so about two weeks away from tomorrow. Correct. And uh, there's two rounds. There's a 4 p.m. round at X-Golf Tualatin. Uh, that one's actually sold out. That one's sold out. Afternoon, you're going to have to go to Vancouver. You're going to have to go to Vancouver, but we still got some slots, though it's filling up very quickly. Uh, it's filling up fast. The X-Golf Vancouver location, Tualatin, again, sold out. Uh, noon round, 4 p.m. rounds at Vancouver. Danny Dusty and Isaac Tsuk will be broadcasting live from both locations. And the winning threesome will win a free foursome to the fans' 10th annual Golf Classic this summer. Last place threesome will receive a free lesson at X Golf. There'll be food for our golfers from Victor Rico's and Pearl Catering, the Urban Restaurant Group. All golfers will play the historic Pebble Beach course at the state-of-the-art simulators. You can go to 1080thefan.com for more info and assign your threesome up. Now, because four is too many swag. When you're trying to win and succeed, a yeah. threesome is the way to go. you gotta dra- You got to drop the weak link. You do. Yeah. 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 Although, somebody's going to be a weak link on this one, too, because we have a dead we'll last see. place. It's going to be It's going to be fun to play Pebble Beach. I'm, i I got to dig in and see if there's other things like KPs and long drives. and th- you got to have a KP on there's seven. There's got to be one KP on, on that seven. One. Yeah, the 120 pitching wedge yes. down the hill. Yeah. You got to judge the wind. I want to play that course so bad, but I'm too poor. Oh, yeah. you you that's But that not that one if somebody says, one, just getting a tee time? Like, we're not hooked well, into sure. that. So if somebody says, hey, I got a foursome. Can you go? You're just going and putting it on the credit $700 card. $700 you're paying? Yeah. Really? Aren't you? Put- you? Yeah. You're putting it on the credit card at that point, and you're just like, nope, it's going. I'm getting old. Uh, I'm Yeah. You got a foursome. <laughs> just, I'm going. Okay. There's two ways to play now, that. What the first time? Now the second time, then you're gonna be like, okay, we need to plan for this next time. Can I play one time? You've already got me to a second time. I want to play one time. Well, I know that's what I'm saying. If somebody says, "Hey, I have the foursome," uh, and so and so can't go, are you in? I'm in. Just I here's my credit card. I'll figure it out later. I have two ways of playing that round in this hypothetical that we've somehow lingered on from the fan winter golf classic read. Yeah. I'm playing. Let's say I, I'm in. I give you my money. I've got it purchased. I've got a tee time. Yes. Okay. The weather's great. You know I'm not a very good golfer. You're not the best golfer. No, You're getting, you've gotten better. I'm not playing from the championship tees. Okay, hold I'm on. I'm just trying to break 100. You're playing whites. Yeah. What What is your philosophy in going about this? You've spent 700 or $800, whatever it costs for the tee time. I'm definitely taking you, in the views. Okay. No, I know. But are you going in... Scoring guy, or are you going in? I'm gonna have a couple pops or a little joint here, and I'm gonna relax and just enjoy this. Uh, I'm going to first nine try to, you know, just play golf, okay? And then we'll see how it's going. And you're plus 22 at the turn, and you're like, hey, let's get some sodas and some shots, yeah, okay, good to know. I think I'm playing it fun the whole way. Now, if I'm like... Whatever happens, happens. You know, plus six or seven at the turn. I'm playing bogey golf. I got a chance to break 90. Now I'm now I'm totally focused and concentrating. Uh, I'm watching the NFL Network this morning because I like Good Morning Football, and now they're doing a live post-Super Bowl press conference. I text Dirt. I haven't texted him very much. I text him on Friday. I said, put it on your calendar now. You and I That's are going you said. to New Orleans. You're going to New Orleans. We're going. Um, is this company going to pay for us to do that? I, I don't believe so. No, I'm going to this, and nobody will stop me. 
I'll have to be fired to not go is what yeah, this might say, boil hey, down to. I'll be there. If you want to, you know, have live shows from Radio Row. I want to do Radio Row. Yeah. I, it's, it, I, I think if you're in this industry long enough, you need to do that Radio Row once. At least experience it. Yeah. And some people end up loving it. Other people, not so much. You're yeah. gone from your home for a whole week. I totally get it. I want to experience it at least one time and have fun with it. How do we, what was our takeaway? The Vegas Super Bowl experience outside of the ticket prices the most expensive yeah. Super Bowl ever From to what I heard, I would expect to have Vegas in the rotation once every five years. It feels like a no-brainer location for him, given how yeah. people want to go there anyway. Yeah. I thought they handled it pretty well. I didn't hear. I The team seemed to, I think when you go to Vegas, as opposed to other places where you're not ex- maybe expecting, like when they have it at like Indianapolis or somewhere. Well, I was waiting for a Eugene Robinson story. Exactly. The I think when you go to Vegas, you know what you're getting into. So you're a little more conscious about not being seen. Where you shouldn't be seen. I also think these were the two best teams to go to a Vegas, given one is championship pedigree, the other is aspiring and close and too locked in to care, I think, about, hey, there's Drake at the nightclub on Wednesday night. Yeah. Let's go until one practice and film session starts Well, and I think at Vegas, you can still, there's plenty of places to go, you know, and I don't know when they start having curfew and dial it in. I think maybe Wednesday or whatever, but you get there for a couple of days. You can go and have a good time and have a couple of pops and a great steak. And there's 80 billion places to do it down there without getting, getting into the seedy stuff. It doesn't seem like they really did though. You didn't really hear much about any players. Not before the game. I know the chiefs haven't gone to sleep yet. I, well, I, I, I imagine mean, what that I, after party was like. When would you go to sleep? The flight home, probably. Ah, probably right? on the flight home. And that's not because you're choosing to. It's because you it's passed you're out. Passed out, <laughs> exhausted. And then you're going to party again in Kansas City after the parade. You're not sleeping that night. Uh, I also wanted to make sure to carve out a little time because I've been somewhat loud or controversial. I thought Romo was fine. I didn't think he was exceptional. He was toned down, but again. But he had some moments like he was the uh, singing to Adele going to the break I thought was kind of funny. I didn't like get mad about it. He was toned down. He was a little more. I had some good moments and he had some like yeah, moments. Yeah, there was some other stuff. I go, what? what? What did you just say? He really liked singing the Adele thing, didn't he? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I have that, so I'll look and see. Do you? If, I think there was a cut of it. I almost Let me pulled see it. see if I can find it. Yeah, well, because people were like, I saw, uh, <laughs> check it in, I saw people were like, what was that? And I was like, could, could you not tell that was Tony Romo singing Adele? I thought it was fine. That was funny, actually. Like, I could be critical of Romo, but I'll be honest, I thought he was okay. I didn't think he was the worst, but I didn't think he was. He didn't get in the way of yes, Nance. I think that's a good that's way of That's the most it. important thing. And I did like... I I thought Nance was great. I thought Nance was really good. I thought it was important, although I did think they moved past the Kelsey Reed thing pretty quickly, and I know it's sports and it's feelings and it's hostility. Well, I think when you're doing the play-by-play, unless unless your camera guys see something, that's where you've got 87 cameras, and so somebody's focused on each sideline. So if they saw something after the fact where Reed came over and right. was reading him the riot act or something. <laughs> but I think they just kept playing, so they're like, what do we do? There's hey, no big deal. My girlfriend's here. She flew in from Tokyo. <laughs> Give me the football. Okay. So if, okay. if Reed saw him later in a timeout and went over and threw his play sheet at him or something, now you got something. But Andy Reed probably celebrated that the most proper way. He had one beer, and then he ate a double bacon cheese. Well, I don't know burger. if you saw with Boomer and Booger – 
on the ESPN primetime. Boomer I, had cheeseburgers for him and his wife on the set. Oh, did he? I yeah, was watching the NFL was pretty Network. Cool. I, I didn't know what ESPN was going to do. I did see Boomer was doing it with yeah. Booger, but I thought I went to the NFL But yeah, Andy Reid and his wife were over, and he had cheeseburger. He had In-N-Out burgers for him. See, that's Boomer, because I think he shouted out In-N-Out in his one of his pressers at Media yeah. Day. That That's Boomer being a pro, knowing the situation and the producing team, knowing exactly what they're doing. Uh, quickly on the halftime show. Not the Usher one, but the studio with the seven people on the panels. I I don't know. I mean, if you want to start cutting, you know, saving some money at production, any of them, I you don't need that many people anymore. Seems it seems like a lot. I don't know when the the producers are going to start cutting back. I mean, NBC Sunday Night one's ridiculous. There's like ten different voices. Stop it. I don't need to hear too many people. You're saying, but by the time you get to person five or six. I mean, that's where that's where some cutthroats going on in the production meeting, because if I'm after about three or four, I, there's no good opinion to have. What what am I what am I left with to actually have something worthwhile to say about the game? The hard thing for those guys too, no matter how you feel about any of them is they have a producer in the ear. Ten seconds, Nate. Exactly. Bill, ten seconds. You have to give your take in ten seconds, and it's got to be a different take nah. than the other seven people. Give me a coach. Give me a former player. Give me a insider reporter guy, and I'm good. Uh, Andy Reid gets his third Super Bowl and Patrick Mahomes' greatness. We'll get to that next. Our thanks to uh, one of our listeners, P1 Iverson, tagged us in a tweet. We talked about Chip Kelly and Grub News. Took a, a quick pause from the Super Bowl. And uh, it appears UCLA does have a new head coach. Yeah. Deshaun Foster, former yeah. running back for the Bruins years and years ago. Yeah, I guess he had just taken the Raiders, was going to join the Raiders staff as a running back. Yeah. Running backs coach. That's where I'd seen his name. And so like, I, his name didn't register for coaching candidates, but I, you know, everything changes for a head coaching gig. And so Deshaun Foster now will coach the Bruins. We'll see if he can get him out of their rut. A lot of talent to get to uh, or to build up in. He's in L.A. I, he knows the program. So, yeah, we'll see. I I just I wish him good luck. Good it's, luck. It's such a tough situation. I hope there's a lot of support from the administration and boosters and around them because if you know if the Pac-12 was staying together, that's one thing. But going now See, into you, this loaded Big Ten, yeah, you keep saying that. I I thought they were just as middle of the road in the Pac-12 as they were in the yeah, Big Ten. Yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't going to take you. I mean, you could get you can. But Oregon, UW, USC, Arizona's been coming on lately. Like, if Jonathan doesn't leave Oregon State, you got some programs that are you do. maybe ahead of you just from a – and then, like, Prime. I don't know what Prime's going to do. He can't recruit, but yeah. he can portal. So we'll see. I Good luck to Deshaun Foster. Uh, hardest Super Bowl ever won in NFL history. The advanced analytics say Kansas City, as I watch Andy Reid – in his post, uh, his day after, wearing a nice button-up, smiling it here. Like I, I, I'm a Niner fan. I was rooting for them to win that game, but I've been saying this the entire way that they've had this run. I couldn't be happier for that dude. That dude's a football lifer. His childhood, is. there's a really good story about his childhood and how he became to love football. And, you know, how do you not like the guy with a great stash and that loves cheeseburgers he he was a lot of what people are saying about Shanahan now, and I I I appreciated the response. I read uh, the text on the Vancouver Ford text line earlier. It's it's not real logical people in my mind suggesting Shanahan should be parting ways from the Niners. And the Niners should look to move on. It's that's ridiculous. Reed dealt with this narrative. Yeah, he didn't lose two Super Bowls in Philly. He only 
lost the one, but he went to the NFC title game. He went game to five, five straight, straight NFC title games and only got to one Super Bowl. And I like I know we can nitpick and we can question it's we all know at the end of the day how hard that is to win that thing. And so he goes to Kansas City, he's got Alex Smith, he's okay, he's fine. And then Mahomes, like they found Mahomes, they took Mahomes, and yeah. Mahomes has become Mahomes. Andy Reid now has won his third Super Bowl. He joins the Bill Belichick, Chuck Knoll, Joe Gibbs, and uh, of Joe Gibbs Racing, and Bill Walsh. Only coaches, the fifth head coach to win three or more yep. Super Bowls. And he ain't going anywhere. He's no, 65. And he's a lock for the Hall of Fame now with that. Oh, I thought he, you know, I thought he was. Should have been before, but yeah. anybody that was still holding out, there's sure. nothing to hold out on anymore. No. I mean, getting three Super Bowls, beating the Niners twice, like Shanahan has taken his... two different teams to a Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. I the accomplishment by him, I mean, I said I wasn't going to get into GOAT stuff, and I'm not. I, I think we can appreciate greatness without having to be like, who is this guy better than that guy? He's certainly in the conversation, I think, is just one of the greatest coaches to exist, to yeah. understand the offensive side of the football, to evolve with the sport. And I'll give him his credit here. Like, not running the football your second possession was a mistake by Shanahan. The false start did them in after picking Mahomes. I thought Reed and company adjusted to find ways to get Kelsey the football. I'm sure Kelsey was in their ear, but they he was open when they yeah. were getting him the football versus the first half he was blanketed. What they adjusted, he ran the same play that he ran to to take the lead against Philly. He called it corn dog is the name of the play where the motion man doesn't go all the way across. Yep, he cuts back, back and it puts the secondary. If you go rewatch that, you I was saying in real time like how is he so open? But you look at it, and Chavarius Ward is in the back. He basically has two choices. Kelsey running free to the corner or McCole Hardman running just right there out of motion. It confused the, the linebackers and secondary that brought up. And so Ward yeah. has to make a pick. He picks Kelsey because well, why would you not? Right. Play action to the running back to hold Bosa. Right. And and I'll give I want to say this for all the I know I'm going to hear a lot of it on the fan and nationwide. A big deal is being made about the Niner players not knowing overtime rules. Somehow that has become like how they lost the game. I would argue, no, they have Patrick Mahomes and the Niners didn't. Did you hear McCole Hardman in the post game? I think he was on the NFL Network. I don't know if he did ESPN. McCole Hardman was on the NFL Network and said he blacked out when he caught the yeah. pass. Patrick Mahomes had to tell him the game was over. Yeah. For all that, the Niners didn't know the rules. <laughs> McCall Hardman didn't either. He didn't. He stood there and he looked around. He's like, uh, I guess we got to kick an extra point or something. And he yeah. threw it. Hardman got it. He was happy. Are we playing out a full quarter time? What are we doing? And Mahomes runs up and goes, You just won the Super Bowl, <laughs> dog. McCall Hardman didn't know it. He yeah. got the pass. So I just. I didn't think that. I don't think that storyline. People are going to latch on to make it some big deal. I, I, I thought it was an overblown storyline. Personally, that's not why they lost the game. But Andy Reid, props to Andy Reid. Three yeah. Super Bowls, a great career, man. Very deserving of it, and he's going nowhere. He's going nowhere. So uh, the only thing that could possibly derail him is health. That's really the only thing. He's good for as long as his. Ticker holds up. Hey, I'll give him this. I, I he's not a small man, no. but he's slimmed down from where he was a yeah. couple years. I know uh, he likes the cheeseburgers occasionally. Yeah. I think I think occasionally now than regularly is where he's going. <laughs> yeah, not doing a double today, honey. We'll only do a single. Can we do a lettuce wrap on that? <laughs> Which hey, kudos to him. 
He's living life. He's loving it. He's got the one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever breathe oxygen. The defense is amazing. The D coordinator doesn't appear to the be The relationship any. with the front office oh, is fantastic. They're in lockstep, him and Veach. I mean, I, I it's set up, man. Like It's not just Niner fans that should be sad about this. I had a listener earlier was like, no, I don't. That's not as big a takeaway. I think they're be they're definitely beatable. It's football, for God's sakes. If the ball bounces the weird way and goes the other way, it can happen. And they've been beaten in this run. But they're going to be there every year. And if Chief fans feeling good about another title, they're also feeling good that guess what? We could start one and three next year. No panic's going to happen because they know they can believe in each other. They know what it takes to win in that moment. And he is a massive reason why Andy Reid getting his third Super Bowl. We wrap up a Super Bowl Monday. Dirt and Sprague, back with more on The Fan. The unfortunate thing of a Monday Super Bowl show is that you don't get enough time. I'd love to have an extra hour because I didn't even talk about the playmakers for the Niners and how none of them showed up except McCaffrey. Yeah, John Jennings did. I'll give him his credit. Yeah, but Jennings I'm talk- threw one and caught one. He was great. He was online to be MVP of the Super Bowl there. If they could have, uh, you know... Just accounted for Chris Jones on third and four. He probably gets another touchdown. He had leverage and positioning on that DB that Purdy couldn't get the ball to. Um, we didn't s- even touch on the commercials. Eh, I told you on. I told you. Oh, maybe I didn't tell you because you weren't here at the end of last week. I, I'm kind of over the commercial thing, like grading commercials and ca- yeah, commercials are commercials. Uh, they're all spending a bunch of money. The the only commercial I like truly like loved the Duncan one. Yeah, yeah, the Dunkings. Yep. How do you not love that? Brady, Brady Affleck, Damon, J-Lo. J-Lo. Oh, yeah. Fat Joe. Fat Joe randomly having a cameo <laughs> in that. Uh, they're going to sell, by the way. They're going to sell those. Uh, of course they are. Those pullovers on Wednesday. Why wouldn't you? I might buy one. I might be a Dunk King. So we'll see. Outside of that, it's like commercials are commercials, you know, I guess. Um, yeah. Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, non-existent. Non-existent. Kittle was good in run, run blocking, but... For a guy that was caught on Mike at the last Super Bowl saying, uh, I'm going to be back, I'll be back with a vengeance, he had two catches for four yards. I know Debo had the hammy injury in the second half, wasn't doing a whole lot of anything in the first no, half. No, I and, thought the secondary for the Chiefs had a, a great game plan. And I, they, I thought Spags was... McDuffie was yeah, outstanding. He was. Bolton was really good yep. at linebacker. Sneed, he had some plays he gave up, but still really good. As I'm watching Patrick Mahomes absolutely be hungover, taking this MVP Super Bowl trophy on the press conference. So we'll get into a little bit of that. Some leftovers from the Super Bowl on a Tuesday. Uh, But Patrick Mahomes does it again. Kid smiles. You know what's funny is my wife, again, not a diehard. She's a Niner fan basically because of marriage. She's watching him talk, and she's kind of having this reaction where she wants to say, like, oh, he seems so nice, but she knows I'm, like, dealing with it. (laughs) And I go, you know the hardest thing? And she goes, what? And I go, he's not unlikable. Yeah. He's so likable. He talks like he got a Cajun, you know, kind of Kermit Frog kind of <laughs> thing going on. And he's just likable. He loves his teammates. He's all about football. Like, yeah, yep. he's in con- he's in commercials, but he's all about business. Well, and his commercials are all with his teammates and coaches, and he, he throws everybody in there. Yes. And, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if Nicole Hardman's going to be in a State Farm commercial this summer. Yeah. I, I, I just, damn it. Yeah. They're a likable group. And he fits for Kansas City. His favorite condiment is ketchup. I mean, come on. They got a, I mean, it's a, it's a traditional NFL team and they sucked for yep. so long and now they're great. It's, ah, it's just a, 
It's hard being a non-Chiefs fan in this era because they're good and they're great. You know it. And- well, you were finally thinking, okay, they break up, Brady leaves, Belichick's gone. Finally, we're going to get it like it was. Did maybe. you really feel that way? Because he he retired when this guy was still here doing No, this. I understand that, but I think you thought maybe. Okay. The likelihood of a team yeah. doing that, the longevity of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And now you're stuck and you're looking at at least it being a decade where you got to beat them if you ever want to change. So they'll probably lock Chris Jones up because you give him the flowers. Uh, I think you lock him up there. Seven guys in the last two drafts that have been studs for you. You bolster your offensive yep. line. You'll get a couple vets on the Kelsey's going to go at least one more. Kelsey's going again. Reed's going again. Mahomes is going again. And they get to draft at the end of the draft, which means what? Get a great skill position guy that's going to fall right in their lap that's perfect for their system. Yeah, it's a deep wide receiver draft, so there should be somebody there at the end of the first round for them. I'm thinking of that Chiefs fan I met, one of our listeners at Hood to Coast, and I'm thinking of all the Chiefs fans. Congrats to you. It's yeah, a Parade great Wednesday, I believe, is what it's scheduled for. Yes. so They get, know the route. <laughs> they, yeah. They, they probably just have reserved seating at this point, don't they? Don't you just build seats on the parade yeah. route? I don't know what where it is they end up, some city park. Or what a great something. money-making scheme. Just yeah. make the parade route the same and sell it along the way every year. Oh, and the Royals. Did you see that? They signed their stud last week. Yeah, Bobby Witt Jr., like a 12-year deal there or something. There you go, a little pressure on the Royals to not stink. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for hanging with us. It's. Uh, I hope I wasn't too down. I was trying to be congratulatory to the Chiefs and honest about all these things. We have a whole lot more to react to. We'll talk to you guys bright and early tomorrow, 6 to 9 a.m. Dirt and Sprague on Portland Sports Leader, 1080 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 